Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of SNTR Gaming News, breaking down the Ashes of Creation Unreal 5 announcement as well as the footage. This was pretty big news, especially for anybody sort of following gaming news about the Unreal 5 engine. Right here at the start of the stream, we do a very, very quick breakdown followed by about a three-hour stream. So if you like this kind of content, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. This is an SNTR update. Ashes of Creation announces they'll be switching to the Unreal 5 engine, and this could mean very good things for the game long term, but it might mean the delivery of the game won't be as soon as maybe people were hoping. If you like these quick SNTR updates, check out SNTR Gaming where I stream them live, but if you do like the uploads here on the Updates channel, hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss the uploads. So, what exactly was announced? So, they published a video on their YouTube channel announcing their switch from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5. Now, according to uh, Twinfinite.com, who reported on this, the video narrated by creative director Stephen Sheriff also showcases a new wintry biome that has been created using some of the new features included in Unreal 5. While the move is a work in progress, a lot of the groundwork has already been done, and the team expects that it'll make their development pipeline much more efficient in the long run. If you're not familiar with, you know, game engines and how they work, switching from Unreal 4 to 5 is a little bit easier than just completely switching to a brand new engine, but it still is a bit of a process. You have to move and adapt the assets. You have to make sure it doesn't cause any problems. So it does sound like they've already done a lot of the groundwork. And it also sounds like one of the reasons they're wanting to do this is just for a better pipeline, the the bandwidth and the development of a game of this size. You want to have a very quick and responsive pipeline. That has been one of the greatest challenges, I think, of live service or MMORPG games as of late is they really, really struggle to get things done quickly. Also, MMORPGs are sort of notorious for not looking that great. They look a little bit dated. They look a little bit old because a lot of them are old and a lot of them are dated. I would say that New World is sort of the first MMORPG to be more modern and what we would consider like good looking with the lush foliage and the, you know, the lighting effects and everything of that nature. I think New World has has actually done a very good job both looking and sounding very good. Now, obviously, it's got its own issues with Endgame and changes and bugs and glitches, which I think we have to consider that in this equation. The switch to Unreal Engine 5 should hopefully allow them to have a little bit more agility. We also have to consider in the realm of RPGs and big open world games, Fable will be using the Forza engine for their open world RPG. So the actual expectations of gamers about how these games should look will slowly be changing in the coming years. And if your MMORPG lands in 2022 or 2023, and it looks like something from the early 2000s, it's going to be a really, really tough sell. People will think there's something wrong with your game, even though the larger, more online all the time games tend to struggle with graphical fidelity. Unreal Engine 5 will also change expectations about efficiency, which is desperately needed for ongoing games. Efficiently pushing out a change, an update, a patch, or a fix is something that has really hurt New World and the fact that they have to like, take the game offline or they're constantly dealing with bugs and exploits. Technology needs to allow for agile updates, uh, content ads, and ongoing support in order for a game like this to flourish and do well because it's a living, breathing world that can turn on a dime and you can have 
really, really bad economy or really imbalanced builds or, you know, broken encounters where a boss can be exploited. And you need to be able to fix those things very, very quickly. Unreal 5 could be doing sort of a two birds with one stone sort of a setup here, bringing in and ushering in more amazing graphics for an MMORPG to make it look pretty, but also just better bandwidth pipelines. These two things could make this game a very, very strong contender for the MMORPG genre, as well as those who want to play it. If you like these types of videos, be sure to check out SNTR Gaming, where I streamed it live. And if you're over here on SNTR Updates, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next one. And I'll see everybody else this morning. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope you guys are all well. This game has been one that continues to come up in discussions about MMORPGs and the genre and this switch to Unreal 5 I think is very very exciting giving everything we know just about how good this engine can be uh, especially after the game awards when we saw Hellblade 2 and what it had to offer I think that's a significant uh, thing for games to start to say listen you know Gears of War made a similar announcement Uh, you know the coalition they made their similar announcement you know months ago I don't even remember when that was hey We're going to be switching everything over to Unreal 5. This is exactly, I think, the time to do it. You have a slight lull in, you know, marketing, a slight lull in games launching, as well as, you know, console distribution. It's a good time to say, hey, we're going to buckle down and really invest in our game's future. Because if you don't, as I said in the intro, I really do think it's a humongous risk to, to have your game come out and look a little bit dated in the coming years because if more and more people switch to Unreal 5 and if more and more people's expectations are then influenced by that, your game will feel you know, out of step it won't feel like a modern game and that of course will hurt your reception and they did a very very lengthy, uh, that was a preview, the video I had sort of running in the corner And they did three days ago, prior to the video I just showed you. The video I just showed you kind of up in the corner was uh, was 18 hours ago. They did a development update with the Unreal Engine 5 announcement. So they did like an hour and 40 long video, an hour and 40 minute long video. And it was just an upload. It wasn't like a, uh, maybe it was a stream. Did they stream this? Because it seemed like they had like a big giant intro on the front end of this video. I could be wrong. Um, no, they jump right into it. Okay, so they got uh, Stephen Sheriff, uh, the creative director, and uh, Margaret Cron or Crone. Uh, she is their community marketing lead, and they they sort of sat in a scene like this for a time. And we're obviously not going to re you know rewatch the entire thing, but they combed over the game and what this engine is going to be. So at about the twenty minute mark. They jump in. Uh, they jump into the game and show you exactly what it's going to look like. Because it's one thing to have like a, a, a slow-moving camera through the game, making everything look you know absolutely beautiful. It's another thing to drop somebody in the game and really show like, okay, here's what the UI is going to look like. There's an ancient stag in the background. You know, there's snow falling. There's trees. Um, somebody's saying they did stream it. Okay. Uh, it's a dev update they do once a month. Okay, it wasn't labeled as a stream in their on their on their channel. That's actually interesting. Jordy coming in and renewing that membership. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate that very very much. 
we should probably look for them to see if they are on uh, on Twitter because that would be uh, a great way uh, to connect and make sure, yeah, that this if he's the founder of Intrepid Studios, Stephen Sheriff, the creative director, um, he's the founder, and. The thing that I've been noticing about this game, people tend to bring it up when we are talking about the... uh, They bring it up when we are talking about the New World updates and the the game and everything else. That has been something that I have noticed. Uh, It tends to come up, you know, pretty often um, in, in in that environment. And I think that's because there's similarities. I was watching footage of this game... And they were like, you know, mining trees and 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 uh, and doing different things. You know, not mining trees, sorry, chopping down trees and mining. You know, the rocks and things like that. The walkthrough is pre-recorded and shown during the dev update as they address the Unreal Five info. Okay, good. Yo, it's good feed. I see you in the chat. Thank you for being here, sir. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, feed. Uh, thank you everybody else for being here this morning good morning, good morning to everybody I didn't do a bunch of good morning shout outs this morning but thank you for being here Mythrax and uh, Dredgen and others um, so excited when we have live streams yeah, yeah, make sure and do your daily ritual pushing that like button get us our first 100 likes um, in the in the. I am glad I've gotten accustomed to mouse and keyboard here watching him fight these crazy flowers now it does look it does look a little bit and I don't know if they've addressed this in any of their videos so I'm just going to kind of observe here as somebody new to the game I've not paid much attention to it other than the fact that lots of people say stuff the the, the combat looks very action oriented it doesn't look like traditional MMO you know combat where you're like queuing and trading let's make sure that this stays at the 1080 though Uh, sometimes these videos want to drop down in quality uh, so I don't know if they've commented on that. If anybody in chat knows, uh, you know, does let's just, let's ask a question: Does Unreal Engine Five uh, contribute to your desire to buy a game? Like, does it have an effect on you? Are you like, yeah? Are you like, no? I don't really care about this stuff. This stuff all seems very technical. Does Unreal Engine 5 contribute to your desire to buy a game? That's the that's the poll for today. The gaming topics yesterday were amazing. Thank you, Mythrax. Unreal Engine is uh, huge. It's a massive upgrade. Good morning, Captain Tusty Buns. Good morning, Sorcerer of Havoc. Thanks, everybody, for coming in. If you're new and you want to hit subscribe, we typically do a talk show like this Monday through Friday. Today, we're kind of breaking down Ashes of Creation Unreal Engine 5 update. They, they announced this thing and they were showing it off in this stream. Uh, they overhauled the combat. Okay, so when they overhauled the combat, for, m- again, my observation here of the combat is this seems very action-oriented. Now, combined with classic MMO RPG, like Evaded popped up, and then he does this little, he's swinging his sword and blasts are coming out, and... And then he does another one, see? And then we're seeing evaded and resisted. So he, he he has stats that no doubt is contributing to the evade and resist, but he's moving freely, attacking, uh, and, and doing his abilities. Now, we can't see the full heads-up display. We can't see the full HUD here to show whether or not these things are having... Well, cooldown makes sense, even if it's abilities-based combat. So it does seem quite... Uh, it used to be tab target. 
Okay, so you're telling me they've switched from tab target to what, like a more free action adventure style combat? Because that's a huge factor for me. That was one of the main reasons I was able, uh, you know, I, that was one of the main reasons that I was able to jump into New World because it had more of an action adventure inroad, you know? I'm on my new PC and only YouTube and Purple are stuttering a bit. Uh, Monochrome, if you're on a new PC, you might want to check a couple of things in your browser. If the browser has defaulted to having uh, hardware acceleration turned on, that can cause stuttering for videos. So, Sid says it doesn't contribute at all. You could have the shiniest, most photorealistic engine on the planet and still make a crap game with it. Okay, okay. Corver says it's very similar to New World and ESO regarding combat, which I've moved to prefer over Tab Target of old. I, I, I gotta say, I wonder, even if in the MMO genre are people saying, like, listen, I, I'm not interested in Tab Target anymore. There, you know, I'm sure there's gonna be the traditionalists and the purists that say, you know, that's what they want and that's what they're looking for. But I wouldn't be surprised if even classic fans of MMOs and newer fans are like, nah, we we would prefer a more action-adventure feel to the combat. It needs to be more free-flow and not so rigid. Because Tab Target, if we're honest, I don't know. Do you you think Tab Target existed because of a a classic interpretation of of turn-based RPGs, or was Tab Target more of a limitations of technology? Like, which is it an outworking of? Maybe a bit of both, right? Really good channel. Stumbled across your most recent Elden Ring stream and immediately subscribe. Keep it up. I appreciate that. Thank you. If you're new and you've recently hit subscribe, I'm a safer work broadcaster. Oh, that was a cool ability. And uh, we do a talk show like this Monday through Friday, and a lot of people can subscribe in confidence, and they put me on in the background like gaming radio. Good morning, Hex. Good morning, Deadly Dad Gaming. I appreciate you guys being here. What's good, Atwood? Fam is good. Thank you for asking. And, uh, the players are much more skilled and desire more challenge right like doesn't that create more of an expression of your skill instead of just memorizing like cooldowns and tab targeting you you know what i mean joza coming in first new membership of the day we had a membership renewal a little bit ago but joza the first new member of the day thank you for clicking that join button enjoy the dope badge and emotes you are dope and deserve dope stuff be sure to uh cash in uh, in the Discord if you want increased access. That is a benefit to being a member. If you guys want to support the channel directly, you can become a member or order some coffee like somebody has already done. A Frickmas blend, a dark roast, and a light roast. The traffic light special going to Baker. Thank you, Baker. I appreciate that, dude. All three colors. The red light, the yellow light, and the green light. We do have coffee. It's ours, by the way. He didn't like order that from some other company. That's something that we ship. Uh, we ship to you. Something I'm noticing here, the amount of um, particle effects in the area not really causing an issue. Particle effects from the attacks of the enemy as well as just sort of snow uh, in, in, in the vicinity, I think is actually... And then you see a little bit of a smoke effect there on that teleport. There is uh, probably going to be a lot of great expressions of the Unreal Engine 5 that show up. Uh, these flowers are not happy about this guy moving through the area, but and out there to the right, you could kind of see to the right side of your screen, you could kind of see some of the sm- so snow and particle effects, and here come the, the, the flowers have been kited uh, through that little choke point. Tenor with four months says, good morning, sir. Thank you for renewing your membership, Tenor, dude. I appreciate that. Oh, and he just called in a 
a dragon to like or, or some yeah like a dragon mount okay effect animations aren't finished possibly not this might have some rough parts in it right is this game PC only I believe so I believe I believe it is um which is obviously an issue for many people. A lot of these great MMOs keep coming out and they they do PC only first. It's a larger it's a larger market share and it honestly if you think about it, it it's where the target audience resides and they can all pull they can always pull a Black Desert online uh, and be very successful or they can look at the success of Final Fantasy 14. Uh, our second show of the, of the day today is about Final Fantasy 16 and the release date update from uh, Yoshi and what their uh, what their goals and aspirations are and how that will be a PlayStation 5 exclusive at launch. I believe consoles are in a perfect spot for MMOs right now. Just look at ESO and uh, FFO. They can be done. Sure, sure. I think if you wanted my speculation on the matter, I, I would give you a little breakdown here. What I think's going on with games that are doing the PC-only launch at first, they really, really have to establish themselves. So New World and Ashes of Creation, they're going to need to establish themselves and work out all the problems. I mean, think about how good New World will be in about a year. And after that, they could set their sights on refined controller support, porting it over to console. A game like Ashes of Creation, I mean, if you just look at the gameplay here, you know, more than likely, more than likely, you're going to be having instances of... Of, of I would I would think at least you're going to be having instances of like this can't run on old gen consoles, so you're going to need the new gen consoles to be in greater saturation, and if not, that's going to be a problem, right? That's going to be that's going to be a you know significant problem if if you're if you're generally trying to have good saturation, you know what I mean? Um, I would I would think I would think that that would be one of the one of the equations in mind right now is that with the with the actual um, the 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 shortage of the the micro the microchips and everything there's going to be a continued sort of stranglehold on console saturation so now he's on a wolf that's cool um, and if they continue to have that stranglehold, I would think that here I can put myself on the other side. We don't want to interfere with their uh, their cool graphics. Uh, I can put myself over here. Um, it's the December development update. Um, so he's oh they're showing off different mounts right now. I would that's that's just commonly what I would think. I would think that more and more that if a game wants to come to console, especially if they're an MMO, there's like five barriers in their way right now. Number one, there's a barrier of a lot of these games aren't gonna be able to run on old gen, so they're waiting for next gen saturation. There is a huge barrier of interest. Like a lot of people on console are gonna be hesitant to enjoy an MMO. I would be curious what console saturation looks like for Black Desert Online. We know Final Fantasy's been very successful, but Final Fantasy as a franchise is massive, so that's a, that's kind of an unfair comparison, at least in my mind it is. Not every game can pull that rabbit out of that hat. Like, oh, we made an MMO and we launched it on console. It's, it's, it's very likely that the especially the controller support challenges, that would be a huge barrier for them to get console players to really enjoy it and think that it was excellent. You know, that's that's always going to be something to consider 
when you're thinking about, oh, it should come to console, it should come to console. The amount of work that comes into porting it to console, they typically have to, like, outsource that to another company. Then they gotta spend time, you know, optimizing the controls, and they're gonna do all that, and in the process, they may be moving it to a platform that is not interested in their game, or at the very least, oh, they got a Christmas tree. At the very least, they might not be interested in large enough quantities to justify the investment. Does that make sense? Because anytime you look at the console market, something you have to consider, and this is something that I think a lot of people forget, is that the PC market dramatically overshadows the, uh, the console market. And so, even as good as the PlayStation 4 got in saturation, it doesn't really compare to PC. So if you're making your MMO and you're trying to keep scope of the project within, you know, within reason, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to consider that. You have to consider like, wow, uh, you know, if the PC community is so much bigger. If we go over to console, look at the money we're going to have to spend. Look at the time we're going to have to invest and look at how much smaller the market share is, you know. I enjoy Black Desert Online on Xbox. Uh, it's a really action-heavy game, and it's totally doable, says Noberto. Old-generation consoles are always going to push back, uh, push graphics back uh, on games. Right, and, and when you have a game like this, Ashes of Creation, they clearly, they're wanting, they're really, really wanting to show off good things. Like, they're wanting it to look phenomenal. You know, we, we already watched sort of the, 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 the comb-through of the game, or I'm sorry, the preview where they sort of flew through, uh, you know, the game and showed off all the really, really cool assets. Uh, I'm trying to get to a better spot in the video where they do something similar here. So, <clears throat> something to consider here too is like, look at the scope of these battles and these fights. Like, how many people are involved? How many, you know, how many independent, you know, I, I items are being used on screen? Uh, damage output, damage reception. You know, you got stuff going on down here at the bottom. You got stuff going on up here. You got big attacks coming flying in from, you know, trebuchets and catapults or whatever. The scope of this of of, of this scene right here, I think, is a really good indicator that like a game like this would probably not be able to run on an old gen console it would be very very demanding now obviously all of this is very server centric they're going to throw all of this on a server I would think um I don't know this doesn't seem like a game that you could bring to old gen console just seems very very challenging Horrific says, Keybinds on consoles is a big issue. It makes tab-targeting MMOs harder to port. Well, this could be good news. That's actually a good point, Horrific. Somebody in chat said they have moved away in Ashes of Creation. They have moved away from tab-targeting to a more action-style oriented uh, combat style. And early on in the footage, we showed that off. Like, it looked very, very... Uh, more freeform and more flowing. Now, if they move toward that more action adventure style, this is one of the reasons I think New World could do very well on console with good controller support. Right? One of the reasons I think that would be so important. They actually have like a lag. They actually have a frame rate meter they're showing on the other side there uh, to try to show. Um, I'm not sure what. So, the the. Um, Whenever you're playing a game like this, I actually think New World could do very well on console with controller support for a variety of reasons. Number one, I think it's a very more casual approach to uh, an MMO. I think it I think it lands in a lane that's more approachable. I also think that there's just something about the more action-oriented style combat as opposed to tab targeting, right? 
I wanted to try Black Desert Online on my Xbox, but I heard that the PvP was a big part of the game, and I was not too interested in a PvP-centric game. Well, the, the something that you may not want to hear then about uh, Ashes of Creation is that it also is a very uh, a very PvP centric uh, a very PvP centric game, um, and here we have uh, the two. Uh, we have I, I followed this morning on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> followed this morning on Twitter. And uh, we have Margaret and we have, what was his name? His name was Steven. Margaret and Steven doing a great job here uh, with their with their presentation. Um, <clears throat> uh, doing a little bit of a breakdown of just more gameplay. This is actually the footage that they already showed. So we could go back to the beginning when they showed this footage just to give you a picture into uh, the, you know the, the character and the movement in the world. And, uh, and just the snowfall. I think that was something about New World that um, drew a lot of people in was that it felt like the world was alive. You know? It, it, it felt like the world was alive. You had, you, you had animals roaming. You had trees falling. Especially once we got to a part... Oh, he's getting attacked. Especially once we got to a part of the world where there was rain people like is this the first time there's been rain in the game and i was like you know yeah angry joe's doppelganger i noticed that too he he does he looks a little bit like angry joe um if you're enjoying the coverage this morning we do a talk show like this monday through friday so be sure to hit subscribe that way you are able uh to talk in chat if you are interested in uh contributing to the conversation we obviously want to hear from fans of ashes of creation if you've gotten into the alpha or you've been following the dev blogs or the development journals or whatever this is very very exciting for anybody who's been following the game unreal engine 5 is a very promising uh engine to move the game into both for graphical fidelity i think mmos traditionally struggle with that i think many people sort of look at mmos as like dated relics of the past that are only enjoyed by you know hardcore players which is a very very understated way to look at mmos they're actually very very popular and 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 lots of people enjoy them and play them but i do think graphical fidelity plays a part in perception i think people can look at a game and say yeah you know it just doesn't look that good or you know it it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a game i would want to play so it sounds like they're trying to I don't necessarily want to borrow from Star Wars The Old Republic, but Star Wars The Old Republic said they were working on the modernization of Star Wars The Old Republic. And I wonder if other MMOs are taking a similar approach. Like, we really need to modernize our game. We need it to be more, you know, action-oriented in the combat. We need the graphics to be better. We need it to feel more fluid and not so constrained, because that is going to be an issue, I think, when you play some of those older you know, older games. Here now, some some movement in the game. Whatever they were using to capture footage, I will say, is struggling a little bit. I'm noticing issues with frame stutters, and I'm not going to blame the game for that because I understand that a lot of the times your capture method can cause that. So I am seeing periodic little stutters and frame issues, which again, this is a build of the game, not the full game. So that could be something internal in the game itself, but it also could be uh, a challenge with their capture method, because I am... It's very infrequent, but it's definitely there. Um... Uh, he's doing his thing. Yo, what's good, Radical? Uh, I really hope the class progression is good. I'm excited to advance into Shaman, and I think the class progression is good... It's going to make or break this for me. 
class progression. Certainly, and this is something that we ran into uh, with New World, was that progression near the end kind of falls apart. So it fell apart for me as a more casual player. I still like New World, and I, I plan on continuing to cover it and play it, but... But... Something that fell apart for me at the end of New World was the this the sense that as a more casual player, leveling became a nightmare. And I don't think leveling needs to be easy, but it also doesn't need to be a nightmare. When like hardcore players are coming in and they're like, yeah, leveling's pretty bad, that's probably not a good thing for your game. And then secondly, I feel like progression and leveling in the end game also hurt the more hardcore players who felt that it was a very you know, unidimensional grind. It was like there was only a handful of things you could do to really move your character along. A lot of things seemed arbitrarily sort of choked and, and restricted and limited. Uh, is that a plague mask? It did look like a plague mask, Derek, so we will almost assuredly have to play this game. Yes, he looked like he was wearing sort of a, a classic masquerade plague or, or masquerade mask. It, it does look like a plague mask, though. Um... So for those of you that don't know, Hilly and I played Surgeon Simulator and he put on a plague mask and it was like a pretty funny moment in the game. Yeah, he is wearing a plague mask. Uh, So you'll notice here combat does seem, as I said, a little bit more action oriented. You're seeing evaded pop up, you know, hearkening back to a classic turn based RPG. You can see even the swipe animation putting like a little claw mark in the air on the character and that obviously is, is, is hearkening back to a turn-based RPG. Oh, there's a big dude over there. Uh, and, you know, and that, I think, is good to honor your roots. But at the same time, I think players want more free-form combat. They want to kind of move around. They want the, the more action-style feel to the game. And I think, you know, moving away from tab, you know, uh, tab-based combat is, is probably a very good thing. And here's why, okay? Aren't there like 36 classes in this or something crazy? Here's one of the reasons why I think moving more toward action-oriented combat is a good thing. It's a good choice. Let me let me make my case. Let's go full screen for just a second. So if you're new here, this is kind of what we do Monday through Friday. I'm usually in this scene doing a video game talk show with the audience about New World, Halo. Yesterday we covered Star Wars Eclipse. Uh, we also covered what did we cover yesterday star wars eclipse and then uh with the with the leaks and things about the game not doing well i keep forgetting what we led with we led with big updates for lost ark today we're covering ashes of creation unreal engine 5 update and we will also be covering the final fantasy 16 release update that's later this afternoon so if you're enjoying the content be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button now, let me make my case about why I think going to more action-style combat is the appropriate choice uh, when building a game like this. Uh, and Cruel Crusader says, the classes augments off more than just your second class. 64 says Cruel Crusader, but they also change according to your religion. Well, see, now you're talking. Now you're talking. That creates so much diversity. I appreciate that insight, Cruel. Um, if you go to action-oriented style combat, You are going to appeal to people who have played games like Elder Scrolls Online, Skyrim, or maybe even New World, and they're going to have an inroad of enjoyment, okay? To the people who have grown up playing EverQuest, World of Warcraft, RuneScape, you know, more traditional style MMOs, I don't think a more action-oriented style combat is going to turn them off. I don't think it becomes like a barrier of entry. They're not going to say, well, now that it's more action-oriented in free roam, I'm done. I'm out of here. 
for I think there's a variety of reasons for that. Number one, I don't think they generally care as much about that. What they care about is depth, diversity, grind, longevity. These are the things that like a more traditional MMO fan are going to be concerned with. Like can your game go the distance? Am I going to have a lot of build diversity and and freedom and volition and are are other people enjoying it? Can you know, what's it like to play with other people? What's the ongoing content plan? Does the game have elasticity? Does the game have longevity? I would imagine that matters more to a traditional MMO fan than like, oh, I just can't get into action style combat. I really feel that's going to be a minority of cases where somebody's going to say, I just can't get into Ashes of Creation because the combat's too action oriented. I really prefer, t- you know, traditional tab based combat in the days of like, you know, EverQuest, World of Warcraft and the like. I don't think so. I really don't. I, th- I don't think you're the lion's share of your MMO audience is going to feel that rigidly about it, right? game we're looking at has a janky looking camera well this is a test build as they have they're porting their game from unreal engine 4 to unreal engine 5 also they're using a capture method that i think is causing the problem i think they're using a capture card that is causing their woes i would be happy to consult with them about live streams there does seem to be something going on with their capture method that is causing uh frame issues and stutter issues the things I'm seeing seem more indicative to the fact that they live streamed this more so than it seems indicative of the game's performance. Unreal Engine 5 is rock solid, so I don't think it's the game. I think it's how they're capturing it. It could be issues that need to be optimized given this is a test build. So we don't want to judge the game's uh, performance merits on a, on a super early build where they're announcing their move to Unreal 5. We also need to be careful. I do think sometimes live streams, developers are going to be more hesitant to do live streams because if you're working on this project and you watch this video back, you're going to be like, my gosh, that doesn't look good. That doesn't look like what we've been building. You know, that looks really bad. Now, something I notice in this area that we're going we're gonna to start to see here is the particle effects. So you have light cascading from the outside, which looks great, but then you have the particle effects, both from the flower attacks, but also from the snow itself sort of coming in. We've got fog, sort of a mist, uh, and we've got snow, and then up in front here, we've got some, I, I think that's supposed to be water coming down. It's sort of dirty water. I wouldn't drink that. So that's one of the first things I noticed is for an MMORPG, it feels very atmospheric. This is something that New World, I think, has done excellent, excellently. They've created a very atmospheric MMO. When you're in the world of New World, it feels and looks good. And I think that's one of the reasons it will succeed because people will want to come back and play New World even though it's got you know issues now and things to be worked out. If your gameplay looks good and feels good, that will keep people coming back. We have referenced uh, the game that will not be named, like Destiny. We have referenced that many times in the realm of, like, listen, this game just feels so stinking good, and that's one of the reasons people keep coming back to it. That's one of the reasons that people feel uh, a draw uh, to the game. They feel this sense of, like, oh, man, it just feels so good uh, to play this. Um, and it, it just it has a very it has a very good uh, feel. It's 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 satisfying uh, to play it. And so one of the reasons that's really important, like I've talked about this recently, and I think this is going to play a really big role in Ash of Ashes of Creation success, 
is if a game looks and feels good, it makes the mundane and the repetitious satisfying. So right here, we get a good indication of look at the look, the particle effects, the lighting coming in, and the enemies. Like very, very good. I think representation of how good this game can look once it's fully built. Okay. If 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 you're gonna play a game like Ashes of Creation or New World, so you know Ashes of Creation gameplay will likely consist of you doing lots of things, lots of times. And if you're gonna do gonna be doing these things lots of times, it needs to feel good and look good, or you're gonna get you know sort of annoyed a lot quicker. Familiarity breeds contempt. So the more familiar you are with the game, the more at home you feel in the game, the more you develop this sort of unhealthy disdain for the game. Like every little thing annoys you. Like, you know, you get stuck on the doorpost as you go to leave this NPC's house, or, you know, some mission makes you go to a town that you don't like, or a cave that you don't like, and you can get a little bit, you know, a little bit irritable, right? And so it's important, I think, to protect players from contempt by having a game that just feels very, very uh, good. I think an example of this would be, you know, if you go to stay with your relatives and, and you don't necessarily like being there and, it, you know, it can be kind of a frustrating experience and it can be kind of a place that you don't like being. But if it's a really if they have a really, really comfortable bed and a really, really great shower in the morning with great water pressure and hot water, that can really, really make all the difference in the world with your mood. Like, it can affect your mood. You feel like, you know what? You know, it's not that bad or whatever being here, right? So I I think in a similar way, if a game looks and feels good, the mundane and the repetitious is so enjoyable, you want to keep coming back to the game. It's got this comfortable feel, like an old pair of shoes that you wear, and you keep wearing those old that old pair of shoes over the new pair of shoes because that old pair of shoes is, you know, it is, uh, it's comfortable, it's familiar, and if a game feels like that, then that can keep you coming back, right? So that's my thoughts on, like, why I think so many companies are going to have to start to consider the appearance and the atmospheric vibe of their game, of their MMO. So if you're just tuning in, we're breaking down the Ashes of Creation Unreal Engine 5 update as they kind of show us some gameplay here in the game. This is like a, a some kind of a dragon mount of, of sorts that the, the player has summoned. And uh, we appreciate you being here. If you've never been here before... We always like to hear from new people. You do have to subscribe to talk in chat. What we do Monday through Friday usually looks a lot like this. I'm sitting here having a video game talk show with the audience. I am a safe for work broadcaster. Uh, so a lot of people sub in confidence and throw me on in the background like video game radio Monday through Friday. Yesterday we covered big updates for Lost Ark and Star Wars Eclipse. Today we're covering Ashes of Creation Unreal Engine 5 update and then later this afternoon Final Fantasy 16's release date new information. Uh, we'll be reading through that. So really appreciate a, a strong turnout this morning. If you're interested in Ashes of Creation, we'll kind of just keep watching this footage and discussing it and we thank you so much uh, for being here. The flower enemies are lame. Well, again, in an early build like this, they're just building placeholder enemies to sort of showcase basic elements of the game. That's why he stopped fighting them. They're just there as placeholders. So they would be, you know, low-level enemies, I would imagine, in 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 low-saturated areas. You just kind of walk through, and these flowers are, like, spitting at you. And then there was a big, giant, like, crystal ice rock monster off in, in the corner, and he didn't go and fight them. You know, so if you've looked at anything of this game, they have, um, they've got really good videos. Let me find some better videos videos to showcase uh, just how good uh, the game looks with respect to 
uh, the, the the world and the stuff in it. Let, let's actually let's actually give them a, a better showing here. Let's let's show this off. I think I think this video will do uh, a slightly better job uh, with showcasing what the game can look like with the with the animals, the wildlife, and uh, and the biomes and the landscape. And so again, we appreciate you being here uh, this morning. The UI looks like wow. It would make sense to have your UI look you know look familiar or borrow from other uh, very popular games for sure. So here you can see good-looking wildlife, good-looking biomes and landscapes. This is more fleshed out. This isn't this isn't something that is that is uh, you know like some small slice just to showcase some combat. So here's the you know here's the flowers again. You can kind of see they're like offshoot enemies kind of along the path just to pester you. You know going through this uh, you know this this cave. Um, will the flying mounts be rare? I don't know. I've not actually listened. To their commentary sadly i didn't have time to watch and listen they both seem like super great folks and i'd love to hear their commentary i just have i'm so busy i'm kind of doing this with you as i go that's that's that can be a fun experience so you see down here in in the cave you see there rumbling you kind of saw his back moving like a large cave dwelling you know ice monster of some sort you can see here too the the dust falling and the rocks falling looks much better. Uh, there he is. There's the guy. There there he is. That guy looks a little ominous and uh, like you wouldn't want to go fight him by yourself. And uh, and again the flowers seem to be you know in this section. So they built this section it seems to walk through. And obviously when you slowly pan the camera through it looks marvelous. Like the cascading light and the shadows and the particle effects. And, and all of it looks wonderful. When you move through it, it's a little bit different because, again, it's not polished. It's not necessarily ready for prime time. This is very, very early. Um, even the texture on this guy right here next to me looked very, very good for an MMO. The ice right there, the reflection on the ice looks very, very good. It's got, you know, so many uh, imperfections in it. That, that looks... That, this. I'm telling you, I, I've got a good feeling about, like, the upcoming MMOs. Dominus says the flying mounts are going to be limited to a very select few people. They will only be obtainable from things like mayor positions. Oh, so flying mounts are going to be sort of a rarity uh, in the game. Okay, okay. Now, something that I was looking at last night when I came to their uh, to their to their their site was character creation. So this was something that I really enjoyed. So they show sort of, uh, you know, making the different animals and things in the game. And they sort of start with the concept art, you know, this guy looking like a a, a mountable iguana with a beard or something. And so here's your concept art. And so they're just going to kind of walk through. Here's what it looks like. You know, we're putting all these little spinies on his back and got to make sure he's got a good tail and his tails, you know, ribbed. Uh, for for particular reasons, uh, kidding. And so you know, putting the claws in. So I, if you if you like this aspect of game creation, this is a really really cool insight into you know sort of the 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 formation of. Oh, I like that. Oh, the scales look wonderful. So the individual play scales, you know, individually play spikes and going through adding texture to the mouth. My gosh, this is more satisfying than I thought it was going to be. This is almost like Bob Ross for video game creation getting to see just the little individual pieces of texture to the skin and 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 the variations oh and now we're color oh this is awesome now we're getting to add some color and you can see the lighting effects this is so cool 
I didn't watch this. I skipped ahead to gameplay. I, I made a fatal mistake. I'm glad I'm re-watching this. So, you know, the... Golly, that looks so dope. So there's the full spin, and then they're going to show him in the world, right? So this guy looks awesome. I want one of these, by the way. I think I used him on the thumbnail this morning. I think I used him uh, on, on my thumb. Um, I, I think. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, yeah, he's who I used on my thumbnail this morning. There he is in the wild. Like, look at that. Look at that. From from cradle uh, to the grave, as it were, from his birth to his to his execution in the game. Looking super cool. Now, this is obviously a guy you can mount. He seems very happy. He is he is listening to some good music. It seems. Now, one of the things that I don't know a lot of detail about. Maybe fans of the game could tell me. Um, what's it like to build a little town and and the and the villages and things because they show little campsites that become towns uh is that particular to your guild look at him go look at this guy go how, how do you not want to do that i want to do that like i want to ride on an iguana the size of a volkswagen beetle come on this is this is this would be fun right here this is how you get around you know it looks a little funny it's like do 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 like the, the, I, I feel like you're um <laughs> you would have to have really good core strength to ride one of these guys. They look so happy. <laughs> they look so happy to be to be ridden. That is great. That is that is everything I want from uh, creation. So that's the scale runner, creation of the scale runner. I'm really enjoying this this morning. I hope you're enjoying it as well. Thank you guys so much for being here, especially if uh, if you're new, if you're new and you've never been here before. Um Let's watch another one. This just makes for great B-roll behind me. I hope they don't mind us doing this. Um, obviously, we're uh, we're promoting their game, so I would imagine they think this is dope. Um, so this is the Dune, the Dune, the Dune Falcon. Is that what it is? The Dunwing, the Dunewing Falcon, the Dunewing Falcon. It's got four wings. So this guy's ready to go. Oh, all the way from the very beginning, we're getting a look at this. Just so rough. Just so rough. I love that they recorded this, by the way. I think this is so cool that they did this, like giving us a look into just individual. So each individual feather was designed and then placed, right? I, that is just the, the the artistry that goes into games is just phenomenal. I think we are so spoiled. We get so angry at the most minute things in games, and look at the care that goes into just making a stinking bird. Um, just awesome. Down to the down to the fine like textures and swipes on each individual feather i love it i love it i hope that the artists enjoy getting getting to do this and showing it off to people hopefully this isn't like weird for them look at that he's got his different he's got his four wings man he's got his four wings he's ready to go he is he's he's ready for action he's he's got some good talons do the chickens have sharp talons (laughs) look at that from concept to actual animation flying around towns okay here's here's an answer to my question about towns i appreciate this uh from civian civian says towns are developed based on player uh companies by killing and questing over 100 potential nodes can be developed into a town town cosmetics are dependent on the dominant on the excuse me on the dominant faction he looks quite talented get out (laughs) <laughs> get out no server will be the same look at him look at him ready he's just awesome 
He, he is. He's got his little helmet on. He's he's ready, man. He's ready for combat. So each server starts completely fresh and is set up as tiles across the world. You will start to establish small camps and build them up. The look of the towns will be impacted by the races. Basically, the look of the town is determined by the percentage of the contribution done by certain races, but unless they have changed this, the type of town is determined when you hit a level threshold. I want this guy. I want him. I need him on my shoulder in the game, just keeping an eye on things. Like, he seems... He seems trustworthy, you know. I feel like I would call him Franklin. You know, I this this is this is what I desire from the game. I need I need a dune a dune wing falcon on on my shoulder, and and we will name him Franklin, and he will he will pluck the eyes of my enemies. I can't wait. Um, now I have heard, okay, I have heard that PVP he is. Look at this guy. He's got some swagger. I have heard that PvP plays a significant role in this game, and you guys know me, I'm not like a really big PvP guy. It's not really my jam, it's not really my thing. Now, I wonder if they're going to learn something from New World and consider saying, we don't necessarily want to have constant open world PvP, because it can be a huge turnoff to people. It can make people feel like, well... I don't really want to play the game if I'm going to get messed with, if I'm going to get griefed, if I'm going to get quote-unquote picked on. That can certainly, I think, be a factor, okay? And so I wonder if they're going to take note. I don't know if you've read one of the recent interviews from the, uh, the, I believe it's one of the directors on New World saying that they they are looking into, you know, making solo play more accessible and more enjoyable and now that obviously has a lot to do with the quest design but that also has to do with pvp if, if you constantly feel that threat of people are going to be attacking you messing with you and griefing you that can be very irritating so obviously if i'm going to play this game i'll you know hopefully have a brute squad with me and uh and and not have to worry about these things this guy is is super interesting looking he he looks like an anteater and a camel uh had a baby look at that very very greatly executed fantasy so we're getting now we're getting further away from what would look like a traditional more traditional animal and they're applying different textures there to his skin you can you can actually mount this guy jason says tough crowd yeah yeah they don't like the dad jokes here i I try them pretty regularly and i get a lot of uh, a lot of hate the nodes are not static says corver okay you thought the bird was a mount. Yeah, no, he's a little bit too small for that. The nodes all start at base camps, but the map will develop based on which camps the players build up first. Large towns will cap the level of the towns around them, but every town can be deleveled. Okay. Demin says false. I love dad jokes. <laughs> Bro, chill with that tongue, right? He's he's pretty aggressive. He's pretty aggressive with that tongue. Although I like this as a mount. I think he looks good. Can we get some mount gameplay footage here? You know, Ashes of Creation gameplay consisting of riding anteater camels and iguanas. I can get, I can totally get down with that. I really, really can. If you have been, oh, here we go. Here we go. If you've been enjoying the show today, don't forget to smash the like button. That does help me out. Uh, hit and subscribe and the bell button will ensure that I'm in your sub feed all week. I do a live talk show like this once, mostly twice a day, uh, Eastern time in the morning and in the afternoon. I am safe for work, so a lot of people throw me on in the background like Getty, uh, video game radio. 
so you can subscribe in confidence I we covered Star Wars Eclipse yesterday and Lost Ark we cover New World Halo from software games get covered on Friday we've been doing a lot of Elden Ring coverage and uh, I gotta tell you Ashes of Creation looks like another game that's gonna get cycled through here this game looks very very cool just the just the just the animation into that ride right there just that looks so good so thoughtful for an MMO you know it doesn't it doesn't feel like a lot of the times when you play and you see games like this animations feel so cut and paste and rigid and that feels very fluid and organic even for a completely made up animal I think they're I think they've done a very very good job um, obviously you can see the animation you know replicated in all three they're all doing the same thing but I appreciate the fact that it doesn't have that rigidity to it it doesn't feel as if you know I remember feeling like in some of the Call of Duty games it was like everybody's just kind of bent over and moving awkwardly moving in ways that don't feel organic and true to human form or, or, or the world right uh, let's show you the bear here Remember the horse type from Avatar? Yeah, you can build your camp everywhere or only and at nodes. Okay, okay. Should be a big from Friday this week. I yeah, we 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 are we are looking down the barrel of good things. I ordered the digital version of that magazine about about uh, Elden Ring. Look at that, just shaping the nose like that. You know, just giving this guy his little his little honker. He looks great. This is this is cool. I love how how generic and like almost soap wax figure like they look you know in this mode before they start going in and adding everything it's very very cool it would be very poor decision to not cover and play this game given your recent proclivity for MMOs lately it's the MMO everyone's keeping their eyes on for what it claims to be well and the and the and the switch to unreal 5 look how much hair they put on him look at that oh cool they're like combing it down oh that's dope Oh, I love that. I geek out about the weird... I, that might be weird to you guys. I geek out about stuff like that. That's so cool, the fact that they're, like, combing his hair. I wonder if this is fun, or do they think of it as, like, just another project in drudgery? I would love to interview an artist from this game. Like, all right, walk me through this. Is this just a freaking blast to comb the hair of a bear? You know, is that fun? Or is it just another project to you? <laughs> oh, you can ride him! Look at his barrels underneath! He's got beer. He's got bear beer. He's ready to go. He's got his kegs with him. Look. Oh. The way he kind of ambles up in speed. What a skill set that must be to, to take you know real life animal movements and look at that interpreted into the that that form see see it's one thing look at him sniffing the ground it's one thing it's one thing to create an an animal that doesn't exist because you can kind of make them move and it replicates like a horse gallop but the bear has to move and look like a bear look at him kind of ambling up and like this is oh look at the water for an MMORPG, man, I, I don't know. This is this is this is promising. This looks very very good. You really like the bears in New World? He's like, hey buddy, you want to be friends? He's like, sure. Let's talk about it. You know, they're about to become pals. Cruel Crusader says it's frustrating when you're learning, but tranquil when you're experienced. 
what a sentence that is that's probably true of so many things right you know playing the piano is it's probably like that yeah yeah i like that that's concise that's very good it is frustrating when you're learning but tranquil when you're experienced that's good Look at that, just roaming around on Yogi. Look at that, man. If this guy sauntered into your town, you'd give him whatever he needed, you know? You get free hotel stay, all the food you want. You just park your bear somewhere, please, and uh, please don't don't eat any of us, you know? If the bear stands up on you in real life, the last thing you want to do is be friends. The Science Center here in town have giant polar bears, like stuffed polar bears. And boy, oh boy, you stand next to the one that's up on his hind legs, you get a real picture of a monster and what that thing could do with you. Dude, look at this. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, he's eating with you in the... (laughs) I simply must... I must play this game. The bear is in... He's inside, and he's eating with you. Look at that. He's just your buddy. Can you imagine? Just your pal, dude, just hanging out with Yogi. Like, let's go, bro. This is excellent. I love this. I love the work they've put into just the tiny, the tiny little yet super satisfying things. Good work, Intrepid. Good work. I can see why people are already loving the game they had there there's a love right there people are already enjoying this game and they're not even playing it yet yes this is pc only at least for initially look at this so you have to understand the anatomy of a bird right they gotta make his little wings (laughs) his little teeny wings look at him he wouldn't be very good to eat right his wing well maybe i don't know the drumstick wouldn't be too bad you know people pete is like this is just awful <laughs> uh, and lo, he made a toucan, and it was good. I'm sorry, this is a felbeak macaw. This is a felbeak macaw. The mounts and ashes are amazing, says Horrifics, and there are some that will be super exclusive, like only one or two per server. Oh, I like that. Gives it a very rich feeling. Not everybody riding around on the same thing. That's cool. Yes, yes, yes. I, I dig it. Google how bears look without the fur. Yeah, animals in general without their fur look kind of goofy. You know, they do. They do. Just shave them and they look a lot less threatening. Well, maybe that's not the case. If you shave them, they might look like something fresh out of hell. I don't know. But <laughs> in general, in general, they uh, they look very different without their uh, their fur. What is this? Skyrim? No, this is Ashes of Creation. So if you're tuning in for the Ashes of Creation Unreal Engine breakdown, we've looked at their video. It's earlier in the stream if you want to watch that, some of my commentary. Now we're looking at some of their model creation and just sort of having a good time, kind of laughing and, and, and looking forward to a game that has put a lot of love into the into the minute, into the little things, you know, the feathers of a bird and the and the and the feet of a macaw, you know, making sure that they look they look good. Their talons are sharp and you know lifelike. I, I enjoy this sort of thing very very much. Um, I also appreciate that they took the time to say, listen, when you're creating, just record it. You know, have they have capture software on whoever this person's rig is? They've got capture software running so that they can they can you know bless us with this insight. I, I appreciate. 
this level of transparency. You don't get this with a lot of games. This is a little unusual, and I think it's little 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 notes, little notes like this that are forming uh, a, a very sweet melody that's that's bringing people in and saying, "Oh, I I, I want to play this game. Oh my! Like, look at the work they did on the Macaw Beak. I mean, I I do. I think that that wins." that wins people over and the unreal 5 announcement you know ue5 as an engine i think ashes of creation gameplay will will greatly benefit from that upgrade and change there's two things generally speaking that i feel like are a challenge for mmos number one is having a game that looks good because it is big expansive and you have lots of stinging people in one spot you know you just Boom, 50 people in a town walking around, you know, well met, you know, and then how do you make that look good? How do you? That's a challenge. One of the second things I think that's a huge challenge for uh, not just MMOs, but ongoing live service games is development agility, having the ability to say, oh, crap, you know, these birds are falling through the map or there's an exploit on this world boss or there's this instance or that instance of trouble in the game. This this leads to, I think, uh, a lot of what I think has caused New World its problems. You gotta have that agility. This is something that I think really, really bolstered the growth. This is gonna sound weird to say, but track with me. I think this bolstered and helped maintain the growth patterns of Fortnite. Fortnite being built in Unreal, and they recently switched to Unreal 5, but initially, even still being in Unreal, we know that Unreal is a good and it's an it's an agile engine. Look at the look at the care on the feet there. That is so cool. That is I would never think I would be like geeking out about the feet of a bird in a game, but that was really cool. Did you see how they added that pattern? That was very, very dope. Um And so that's been really, you know, holding back New World, but obviously. Fortnite was able to just quickly do crazy stuff. Oh, there's tanks, there's birds, there's this, there's that, there's planes, trains, automobiles, there's all these things in the game in in Fortnite that helped kind of maintain excitement and maintain, you know, the relevancy. And a lot of that had to do with the agility of the engine. And so, if you're trying to build a game, as, as ZR says, it's big for longevity, right? It's big for longevity. If you're trying to build a game for longevity... Unreal Engine 5 is 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 key. It's very, very important. It's very important. We didn't get to see the macaw in the wild. Maybe we'll see the cursed charger in the wild. This is the next one here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and enjoying some of the breakdown and coverage here of Ashes of Creation. Switching to the Unreal Engine 5, um, Wixor says, or don't release until you have enough content, something a lot of companies seem to forget these days. Let me interact with that, Wixor, because I think that's good. That's, that's good input and good feedback, but I want to push back a little bit on what you're saying. Okay, let me give you a little bit of pushback. Number one, I don't necessarily think quantity of content matters if there are things about the game that are fundamentally broken, exploitative, or not working properly. I, I think you would agree with this. I don't think you would disagree with what I'm saying. What I'm saying is pretty easy to accept, that yes, you can have a ton of content, but it doesn't matter if the game has fundamental problems. So... In the realm of New World, I I don't think if they would have had a larger quantity of expeditions or endgame content, I don't think it would have mattered because the fundamental endgame content loop has flaws baked into it that need to be addressed. Okay, totally agree. I figured you seem like a a, a reasonable and smart chap. (laughs) So... I do think 
what you're saying is a both and. I don't think it's an either or. Either you build your game for longevity or you build it with a ton of content up front. I think you kind of do a hybrid of both. What you do is, is you build a really, really solid game at launch, right? It's funny watching his mouth move. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I couldn't resist. You got to build a really solid game at launch. Everything about it needs to be just pristine and loopable. I really think if you've never been here before, one of the things that I absolutely hammer on is everything should be subservient to the content loop. I worship at the altar of the content loop. That is all that matters. Okay. That's all that matters. Hey, we can see their taskbar. You see their taskbar? <laughs> they did a full screen capture here. Um, everything is subservient. Everything is subservient to the content loop. So it doesn't matter if you have a ton of content. If the loop itself is not good or not structured in a good way, it's not going to matter. This is why I've said the content loop benefits greatly from atmospheric beauty. That sounds so weird to say, but it's true. The atmospheric beauty of a game lends itself and bolsters content loops significantly. One of the reasons that people were enjoying New World in its early stages was because it just felt so good to be in the game, in the world. The snowfall, the crunch of your boots, the sound of an axe hitting a tree, the sound of a pickaxe hitting a rock. This game has elements of that. And so when I see a game like this putting so much care into just that stretch is adorably accurate to how cats stretch and yawn. Wonderful work here. This team deserves high praise for its its capturing of animal-like movements. They have done an excellent job. Um, and that, I think, as I said earlier, it makes the mundane and the tedious enjoyable. You're going to chop down a thousand trees... You're going to go into two million caves. You're going to kill a million enemies. Like You're going to do all these things over and over and over again. And if your content loop is enjoyable and, and beautiful and it just feels good, that is such a great runway for long-term engagement, right? Now, this is why what Wixer said is so important because you have to marry this and pair this to a good ongoing content plan. Something I have just hammered away at with New World is, where is your roadmap? Players need confidence that more is coming. Players need confidence that there are good things behind the curtain, as opposed to you know, there, there, there's, a, there's a great parable where the guy says, usually people bring out all the choice wine, but you saved the best wine for last, right? That's actually a great analogy to game design. Game design usually puts the best choice wine before you, so the beginning of the game is dense, it's packed, it's awesome, it's great, and then as you play the game, things tend to thin out. They tend to thin out, and you're like, oh golly, there's not much back here, or it's a little thoughtless, mismanaged, bland, you know, whatever, right? So, you, you end up hacking your way through the dense... Oh, look at the bamboo seat back on this mount. That is so cool. 
um, oh, I, this guy is awesome. I want, I want, I, this is when you know a game design, know, game designers know what they're doing when every, every mount, I'm like, I, I, I want to ride on him. I can hear his voice. He's like, good day, sir. Let's head out into the, into the valley. Like, I want to ride <laughs> on this guy. He is phenomenal. He's a tidebreaker. He's called a tidebreaker. He even has a cool name. And look at him. Look how charming. Anyway. That, I think, is exactly what keeps a game going, is you have to have this amazing foundation and the game feels wonderful to be in it, but then you also need the confidence that the game is ongoing. What's your roadmap? What's next? What's coming up behind? Now, some of this is unhealthy. Some of this is the ravenous nature of gamers and how we overconsume and we run out of content far too quickly. And the first question out of our mouth is, hey, I just installed the game. What's next? It's like, what do you mean you just installed the game? Yeah, I'm already done. In the time that it installed and I type this tweet, I am done. I ravenously consume this game in such a way that, yeah, there, I, there's, there's nothing left, man. I, I, I'm, I'm good. What's your next DLC? Now, you got to be careful because in Little Shop of Horrors, he feeds this monster and it becomes insatiable. You feed me, the classic story, or like the story of the kid with the fish where he's like, don't feed the fish too much, and he does, and the fish gets too big. Okay, so you developers have to be very, very careful here. If you start to feed a wavelength of thought that is unhealthy or the rhythm of content delivery is untenable you're like there's no way we're going to be able to maintain this level of of look at the the, these what whatever team they've got working on animations for the animals you better lock them into contract because these are the types of videos that get your entire department headhunted and sniped by bigger organizations you better have these folks paid well and under contract because this is this is good work here. This is excellent work that will get these people headhunted for sure if you're not careful. I feel like the overconsumption mentality has come from devs telling how much there is to do in their game when it really is not. I would I would agree it's a bit of a symbiosis. It's two people contributing to the to the equation. There's two sides to the road here. There's the overconsumption of the players, but there's also the you know the promise of you know euphoric existential experiences in video games which they literally don't deliver. Uh, Cyberpunk being one of these games that seemingly promised an existential, euphoric, almost messianic-like delivery of video game experience, and it didn't deliver anything even close to that. And I I do, but I also think gamers have done this, and I've given my theory on this before. I call it the metamorphosis principle. So, the metamorphosis principle in gaming has essentially given you an unspoken expectation that games should always push the envelope in quality, substance, and size. And the reason that you think this is not something that you can speak, it's more subconscious. And the reason it's subconscious is because the lion's share of the gaming populace is, what, 28 and up, okay? And the lion's share of the gaming populace in a very, very general sense, has gone through every stage of video game quality metamorphosis. And they, along with the games, have been transformed. So, the first time you played Call of Duty, Gears of War, 
GoldenEye, the first time you played EverQuest, World of Warcraft, the first time you played Diablo 1, 2, and 3, there was a very, very clear, ongoing, trackable, traceable, measurable metamorphosis. The games got better and better each time. So your enjoyment of the game was not purely derived from the game itself, it was also derived from the fact that it was a very new and fresh experience. And what tends to happen when you approach a game with that mindset is, your expectation will be, I always need to have this undercurrent of new, fresh, never had this experience before, this is, is this a pangolin? It's a, it's creation of the quarry, or he looks like a pangolin. I love the care. The, the design here is just so. And I could watch these all dadgum day. So, when you play a game that feels familiar, even though it's new, it has a harder time making you feel impressed or satisfied. Does that make sense? When you're expecting two two cylinders to fire with a video game experience number one the cylinder of this needs to be a very new fresh almost you know uh metamorphic sort of experience it needs to be bigger and better and crazier than the last game that i played you expect that cylinder to fire and then you also expect the cylinder to fire of like it just needs to be a good game okay when the meta metaphoric you know, sort of cylinder isn't firing. No, this is not a pre-recorded video. I'm talking to chat right now, Diego. When that cylinder isn't firing of like, I'm not having this brand new, crazy, fresh experience. It makes it a lot harder for the other cylinder to make the car move. It's like the, the, the car, it doesn't feel as gosh, this game is beautiful. It doesn't make it feel as good as it felt the first time you played Goldeneye or as good as it felt the first time you played EverQuest. Do, do you understand? So that's my explanation of the the metamorphosis principle in gaming in that it's extremely hard for people to enjoy games who grew up through this insane evolution. If you've if you've experienced this evolution of gaming, it has created an unstated sort of subconscious expectation that every single game you're going to experience is going to not just be new and fun, but also part of the metamorphosis of gaming. And to a certain extent, we're hitting the ceiling. The photorealism of games is getting to a point where, okay, I've seen plenty of games with great with great trees and grass, right? And I've played plenty of games that have combat and a sword and shield and an open world. Like, I've played... Do you see? The minute there's familiarity baked into the game, that cylinder doesn't fire as strongly anymore. And you're like, yeah, this isn't otherworldly. This isn't something new. This isn't something I've not experienced before. Now, keep in mind, the metamorphosis principle doesn't just affect your ability to enjoy games... Why does it seem out of focus? This capture, they didn't do a good job capturing this. This video probably should be re-uploaded. It honestly looks fuzzy and out of focus. It's kind of weird. All the other videos looked phenomenal. This, they did something wrong here with the, with the rendering of this video. So the metamorphosis principle doesn't just affect your ability to enjoy something. It also affects all of the market research and the marketing. Because the marketing basically says... We got to be bigger. We got to be better. We got to wow them. We got to whine them. We got to dine them. We got to make them feel like this game is going to be, uh, you know, uh, like 
like the heights of a romantic relationship or like the euphoric experience they get at at their at, at, at their holy gathering or whatever they do to make themselves feel full and 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 happy and full of life well our game needs to do our game needs to promise the same thing so i do sometimes think that we overstate the sinister nature of marketing and video game creation I think it's this giant shared relationship of gamers and games have gone through a metamorphosis and it has therefore we have reached a point where it is harder and harder and harder to experience something that is almost euphoric and this sense of elation and happiness or joy. It's harder to feel that in games for that reason. Now, on top of the metamorphosis principle would be the principle of overconsumption. So, if if you've gone through wealth growth as a person, and the food that you consume gets better and better and better and better, eventually you hit a ceiling. You've eaten at all the world-class restaurants. You've had the greatest steak ever in the entire world, all right? So, if you, if you took that example and you paired with it the overconsumption of that amazing food, you would start to develop a numbness and maybe even a disdain for food that it can't satisfy you right all is vanity under the sun you know to quote wisdom literature on this like there's nothing new under the sun all is vanity you know spoken by somebody who had had had, had all these amazing experiences and all the wealth and all the food and all the all the all the love and affection that a person could consume as a single bodied person and they said yeah it's all vanity there's nothing new under the sun so on top of the metamorphosis principle i think there's also the principle of overconsumption in that we consume games like so so much that it it blunts our ability uh, to enjoy them now keep in mind this is old Unreal 4 footage thank you Dan uh, Cleary for for clarifying that this is all old Unreal 4 footage and yet it still looks absolutely beautiful right it's a beautiful game and the gameplay is really why I wanted to show this off because you really can see the the level of care and detail they're putting into something that is part and parcel to your gameplay The, the individual scales and the texture to this to this guy this this scale uh, what's his name scale runner this scale runner um i think that gives me great hope for this game cuz as i've said in the midst of this what i'm establishing here is sort of a theory of 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 game enjoyment being more challenging and game development being more challenging i think in the midst of this is a growing consensus that hobbyist style gameplay is good it's enjoyable and people tend to really like it and if you want people to play and enjoy your game in sort of a more hobbyist fashion a great way to do that is to really focus on uh a lot of what i've talked about today which is the the making the mundane enjoyable making the repetitious feel good if you have a game that atmospherically feels enjoyable and good then people will want to keep coming back to it because it feels good and comfortable like the like the shoes that you have a hard time getting rid of because you've worn them for such a long time they're comfortable they're familiar they're good and so you tend to prefer those shoes 
over your new pair of shoes. Look at the difference in mounts here, too. We have a rhino, we have a fox, we have some type of a deer, and then it looked like the far the far side is a turtle. The, the This right here is exactly what, what needs to be seen. Like, look at the variety here in their armor and in their mounts. Look at, the, look at the foliage behind them. We've not seen anything like this in any of the footage up until right at this moment. So they're giving us a nice, nice look at this. And we know, I, I want to see that rhino. I want to see the, the, the creation of that rhino, the detail that probably went into that. Uh, and the turtle. The, the, the turtle looks super dope. Um, the, the, the care that's gone into a lot of the design elements of this game gives me confidence in what I was just talking about. The care that they've put into the mount design, making them charming, making them move in a realistic way, that gives you that sense of this is not just familiar, this is home, this is comfortable, this is charming, this is warm, this is good, I want to be in this world. If you want to be in the world to have all these all these characters and all these you know elements of your experience and your expression, then you're going to keep coming back to the game. I think it's going to really, really build and establish that sense of, this is a game world that I enjoy being inside, even if nothing's really happening, you know. Again, you got to keep the mundane you gotta keep the mundane and the repetitious enjoyable. Look at the fox sitting down. Look at him. And she's just kind of behind him like, yep, this is my boy. I like this. They took all the complaints from MMOs on the market and they plan to satisfy those complaints in Ashes of Creation. Oh, Steven, Steven specifically said that? Yeah, he's the founder or whatever, isn't he? Man, he says, good morning, Lono and chat. This game looks awesome. Is this clip Unreal 4? I believe this clip is Unreal 4 because it's older. Yes, this is an older clip. So this is not even the latest uh, and greatest from what they're going to be able to do by moving the game to Unreal 5. You know, that's a grown-up Vulpix. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a, a, of a, of a Pokemon influence for sure. If you guys are enjoying the show, do me a favor, man. What a great turnout. We're happy to have you here. But do me a favor and hit the like button and take our poll at the top of the chat. Uh, does the Unreal Engine 5 contribute to your desire to buy a game? We love hearing from the audience. You do have to hit subscribe to talk in the audience. That's just to keep like the chat bots out. And uh, we appreciate you being here very, very much. We do live video game talk shows basically Monday through Friday. It usually looks like this. I'm just sitting in the scene talking with the audience. Obviously, today, we want to give you great looks at the game. Uh, if you're enjoying this kind of content, a lot of people treat me like video game radio. They throw me on in the background Monday through Friday. I get you through your work day. We are doing a second talk show today about Final Fantasy 16 and the release date news from Yoshi P about that game uh, and, and, and why it's both good and, and disappointing. Oh, look at his mount. Um, so if you like this kind of content, you can subscribe in confidence. I am a safe for work broadcaster. So a lot of people subscribe. I'm in your sub feed all week. They just throw me on. They put me on in the background of their day, uh, their day to day routines and things like video game radio. We have great discussions, lots of debates here. It does get a little heavy sledding, like talking about my theories just a moment ago about the metamorphosis principle in gaming and the, the overconsumption of gaming, sort of compounding the metamorphosis effect. Uh, and and why that means games have to really focus, I think, on... um, I I said all that to really emphasize a game has to have a very good atmosphere. It has to feel good. Just being near this dragon and seeing smoke 
and ash and soot kind of rising up from the ground and the giant mushrooms and they're red and they've got sharp crystals at the ground like there's something very very uh enjoyable just about this set piece that they're in uh fighting this this giant um this dragon uh, of sorts and they're showing off all the different attacks and things they can do <clears throat> I agree with Nation. You probably can get an interview with Steven. Do you think he'd be willing? I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I, I love to do interviews. I've done podcasts and interviews for years. I was one of the main stage hosts at E3 uh, in 2019. I got to interview you know the the, the lead guy on Fall Guys and and uh, and and games like um, Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts and Destiny. Uh, what were some of the other big game titles that I got to interview? It was really, really enjoyable. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, you probably could get some scream time with Intrepid TBH. They seem pretty involved with the community. Well, I followed both. Uh, I followed both Stephen and Margaret on Twitter, and so it looks like their it looks like their DMs are open. Well, Stevens is not, but Margaret's is. So I threw him a follow. He doesn't really do follow backs as far as I can tell. He only follows Ashes of Creation on Twitter. So, <laughs> but my DMs are open. He can always DM me. Uh, I love Lono's content as long as it's on mute. Oh, thank you so much, Lightly. That's one, that's one of my mods. In the past, Steven has been very open to talking with content creators as he does not look down from hard questions. Uh, I bet he would be willing to join the Ashes Discord and talk to Margaret. Okay, yeah, I will. I will do that because I would be really interested to to, to ask him. Like some of my coverage this morning, you know, what is your desire to go to more action-oriented style combat? Are there concerns that traditional MMO fans won't like it? You know, or did you see it the way that I see it? The way that I see it as a more traditional style of MMO combat is becoming more archaic in what it looks and feels like, and that even traditional MMO fans are going to, I think, prefer and enjoy and embrace a more action style combat. Like, look at the combat here, the movement and the, and it's, it's not tab based. Like it, it feels very free. It feels very fluid and organic. Look, oh, I stepped on something on the ground. You're not going to have to move around and get better positioning. And look how many people are in front of this dragon. This is a very, very great display. I think of experiences you'll be able to have in this game of of what a what a wor- if this is a world boss fight of what one might look like um and so you know the the idea being that like more traditional MMO style combat more tab based combat would be a barrier to new players or maybe less experienced players uh, and it might even be a barrier to traditional MMO fans they might just be kind of sick of it they want the more action oriented style that gives them that sense of freedom cuz traditionally speaking the way that combat sort of meted itself out in in MMOs, it may have primarily been because of uh, technological constraints, not purely a a desire to contextualize turn-based RPG combat in an open world. It might have been more of like, well, no, this is, we're limited by our technology, you know? Manny, with nine months of membership, it's a tier two. Are you planning on covering this game as well? From everything I've seen today, yes, I I would enjoy covering this game. And from the turnout, lots of new people in chat today. We cover New World. We plan to cover Lost Ark, uh, Elden Ring. I I think this would be a great game to cover and and create a great community and home with. You you guys are responding very positively to the dialogue today. If you're new and you've never been here before, 
There's a variety of ways to support the channel directly. The easiest way to support is just hit subscribe, hit the bell button, and just be here as often as you can and just hang out and contribute to the conversation. Whether we're talking, yesterday we talked about Star Wars Eclipse. Uh, we talked about the big Lost Ark updates coming next year. Later today, we'll be talking about Final Fantasy 16. If you, and, you know, be here, enjoy the convos. If you want to support directly, uh, you can click join or use the join command to become a member. We have our coffee that we sell. I'm always wearing a T-shirt from 80s Tees. Today's Back to the Future, and then the disc plates behind me. Uh, and uh, you know, any last minute or, or late Christmas shopping, if you're going to use Amazon, I have an affiliate link in the description below or the command in the chat. So those are all great ways to support what we do here every day. So we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Watching, this is not Unreal 5 footage, by the way. We already did a bit of a breakdown earlier. I'll go back to that footage, don't worry. So hang with me if you're interested in the Unreal Engine 5 footage. You may be like, I've already seen this before, if you're a fan of the game. Just showing people what a boss fight would look like with what looks to be around 30 people in the vicinity uh, of the fight. Um, And the... That just that right there, jumping over a wave blast. I think that just has such a satisfying uh, feeling to a person. You know that that little miniature dopamine hit of oh, I dodged the attack. I, I think could really add to this. Check out Runes of Magic. I think the class system is the closest to Ashes, Ashes of Creation. Okay. Oh, my RTX twenty sixty can handle this game in high graphics. Well, there they go. They got they got the uh, they got the big boss man down. They they got him. There's quite a bit of footage left in this video. What exactly? Oh, they're gonna start flying around on a mount. Okay, cool. We'll definitely want to check that out. I enjoy uh, New World almost immediately because of the um, because of the 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 action the more action oriented combat. It immediately pulled me in. Oh, look at this mount. Holy moly. That's awesome. Man, that's like a griffin with just fire-encrusted wings and like a bald eagle behind him. A bald eagle griffin is some kind of a dragon. Oh, man. These are great. <laughs> I love the fact that they're not afraid to show the, the, the fluidity. Okay, we just fought this guy. He's got his own little set piece. And now we're immediately leaving, and it's a more lush tropical landscape right next to it. We got mountains in the background. We're just gonna fly out of here and just give some, give some idea of what scope and biome you know differences might look like in the game. Can someone get this man a black, red, green coffee mug. Uh, since when is Aquamarine allowed on your stream? I like it because it's got a handle. <laughs> if you want to get me a Contigo mug with a handle, that's my colors. Oh, we have another, uh, we have another dragon over here. Uh, looks like another world boss. Just chilling out in the open. Uh, 2,409 on their health bar. And the, the group that he's with is all in the two and three thousands of health and, and mana. Or mana, however you say it. Keep in mind when this game launches, only a very limited amount of people will have flying mounts. It is interesting to me, uh, Dustin, you're not the first person uh, to point that out. That this game will, um, with respect to mounts... It will not be something that like everybody's roaming around with with respect to being mounts in the air, flying mounts. It's weird that they show it off so much it'll be that limited, right? We need an SNTR tumbler. We have some of those in the merch store. It looks so good, please don't fail. <laughs> the, the, the the care that they're that they're they're putting into their game is uh, I think a, a sign that this game will do very well. The worry would be that, you know, it, it turns into a Star Citizen, right? And it, it, it either never launches or they have to launch it, 
you know, early access and, and piecemeal it, you know. Sometimes, oh, we're having some graphical issues there in the game. Sometimes uh, you can tell a game is driven by sort of a perfectionist, uh, sort of a perfectionist view, and that can be actually very deadly, I think, for a game's launch. Uh, we're dealing with some animation rigidity too, and some lag. Again, this is a this is older footage, and again, this is a testing area. I would imagine um, they're showing off some of the some of the combat. So the Unreal Five engine footage we we can we can go back to since a lot of you may have clicked for that, and we appreciate you being here. I'll first give you just the Unreal Engine preview. They just sort of uh, comb through the game, uh, just sort of fly through an area and then they did a stream where they they had their own commentary about it so if you're new welcome in thank you for being here uh feel free to click subscribe and, and say something in the chat we welcome you um south side says everyone will be able to glide on the mounts but flying will be for leaders and the ones lucky enough to get an egg drop okay i appreciate that that's that's good info when you mean limited don't you mean hard to attain for players well, flying fish, it sounds like according to what Southside is saying, that actual flying mounts will be restricted to leaders. Um, so mounts in general will be not in short supply, um, but they're going to limit the flying ones. Now, again, that could be for, you know, a sense of ongoing, uh, ongoing tension in the game. So if you look at the territory control in New World, it, it aims to keep the game going ongoing combat ongoing you know uh basically like ongoing war you know there's always something going on there's always something kind of uh you know pushing people to um dive back in and try and flip things so maybe you want to shift things maybe you want to get a flying mount and you work uh, you know, to get to get it, or maybe you want to overtake the leader, or whatever the case may be. There could be reasons for it that have yet. Maybe somebody in chat could state their philosophy on limiting those to uh, to a very a very small uh, subset of players. Cruel Crusader says, but Unreal Engine Five is better optimized, so it won't be so much a burden on your PC. That is true. So this is Unreal Engine Five, uh, a preview of Ashes of Creation gameplay in the Unreal Engine 5 update. So that's what we're looking at right here. And uh, we greatly appreciate everybody being here and uh, just supporting the supporting the live stream, clicking subscribe, clicking like. I'm not sure if YouTube just had a flub or a glitch or something, but it looks like people are having to refresh to get back in. I'm not sure what happened. Nothing happened on my end, so I do apologize if you had to refresh the stream. Uh, Look like we had a blip in the in the view count, which usually means something happened on mobile. Um. <clears throat> Sorry, did I just blast your ears? Okay, good. No, I didn't. Okay, Dustin says they want the feel of traveling. Uh, they want the feel of traveling around the world to be persistent. The size and distance you need to travel will actually mean something. This is something that New World has consistently, you know, kind of bucked up against uh, with the community with respect to you know, people not enjoying. Now, this footage is not the greatest for the Unreal 5. The preview, I think, is much better. This stream has a lot of frame issues and and, and, and doesn't look that great, but it does show off more of the game. I think one of the things to notice in this setting is the snow, the particle particle effects of the snow and the fog and the reflection on the ice. 
uh, as well as some of the enemies have their own particle effects. This is not the greatest graphical uh, showing because again it was live streamed I would encourage uh, Ashes of Creation to make a highlight reel from this stream and upload it in 4k because the live stream really really let me let me get technical here for just a second so whenever you live stream on YouTube uh, if your computer is not set to a very very slow encoding on the CPU you are trusting the encoding of YouTube and the ingest servers to take your footage and make it look good right that that's that's going to be one of the reasons why fast moving combat and very especially here when there's lots of moving parts it tends to look uh, a little um, fuzzy or pixelated and it doesn't look as crisp and as clear and so live streaming uh unreal engine 5 stuff tends to be uh not a great showing this is likely one of the reasons that after they did the live stream they ended up uploading like a three minute thing that i just showed you that is like a really really great video i think what they should maybe consider doing is is pulling out highlights from this stream and uh and doing a fresh upload at a higher resolution to really show off what the game world looks like because people are going to be coming back and watching this stream like i don't get it it doesn't look very good and that's because it was live streamed now you can make live streams look very very good generally speaking uh one of the reasons that the 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 unreal engine preview that i showed you looked so good uh when i showed it to you uh one of the reasons for that was I'm, I've got the video at high res and I run my computer at a medium encoding so my computer does the bulk of the encoding before it gets sent to YouTube so YouTube doesn't have to do as much with it so that's why you'll notice that, that whatever streaming setup they're on uh, I and anybody I think would be uh, happy to consult to help with future streams they might want to consider a, 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 a real beefy strong rig and doing slow encoding on the CPU uh, that would clean up some of these streams uh, a little, little bit. I could barely hear Steven in the video, which sucked. Yeah, audio is usually a big, big struggle. Um, it's usually a big, big struggle for uh, for streamers that are not experienced. They don't know what to look for. Um, I've been on podcasts before, uh, like the record, the recording of a podcast. I did one recently with Gothics, and I was like super quiet in the recording. It's just hard to pay attention to those things sometimes. Like you don't necessarily. Uh, know exactly uh, what to look for. So here they're doing a bit of a rebroadcast of their own slow walkthrough uh, within their stream. And this is proof of what I'm talking about. This right here doesn't look as good as when I just play the video for you raw because they're streaming it, right? And again, streaming has a tendency to degrade quality because of whatever encoding method they use combined with YouTube's encoding. YouTube's encoding is fine, but it's not it's it's not going to give you a very um, a very good representation of quality because there's just going to be that degrading nature. I've watched recently I've watched premiere streams of games hit and on a stream they look okay. I go back and watch the upload at 4K and I'm like, "Holy moly, it looks 10 times better." So I would always encourage you to do that if you're watching a live stream on YouTube of a reveal of something and you think that kind of looked fuzzy and not so great watch the 4K or the 1080 upload of the trailer later and you will likely see a marked difference in quality uh, and that's that's because of how streaming technology works. So that's a little sidebar about the technology of streaming which no doubt uh, no doubt affected 
their uh, their live stream here. We can go back to kind of the beginning of when they're just sort of standing, uh, just to give you an idea of the frame here. It's an hour. What is it? An hour. It's an hour and forty long uh, minute stream that they did. Uh, showcasing just some pretty, you know, pretty basic stuff, movement traversal through a cave and all of that. And um, they have, uh, I think, done a very good job. If you didn't see the videos we watched a little bit ago, we could go back through and watch them again in a moment. I think they did a very, very good job showcasing all of the various uh, animal uh, designs, whether they were mounts or just like the the dune wing falcon who just can like ride on your shoulder. Um, I think the I think the the animal and the character well maybe not character creation but the animal creation looked very very good which is is part of a lot of what I've been saying today about Unreal Engine 5 and a game having very good atmospheric you know setting that really I think bolsters and helps uh, a content loop um, d- you know do very very well And so we really appreciate it, man. A lot of new subscriptions today. Thank you for that. A couple of new paying members as well. Uh, We did get one coffee order a little while ago. So thank you for that. Thank you for all the direct support uh, of the channel. We greatly appreciate it. Um, really really great turnout and and lots of new subscribers we hope you're enjoying the show we hope you enjoy our other coverage of games also throughout the week again as I said Final Fantasy 16 this afternoon uh, we do uh, every Friday is from Friday so we've got some good stuff coming from Elden Ring on Thursday that should uh, be our main course Friday morning for from Friday about Elden Ring I have a topic about Horizon Forbidden West that we held off on because Ashes of Creation in Final Fantasy 16 seem to take sort of the front the front seat. They seem to sort of take the front seat and we wanted to make sure and cover them. The world is dynamic. I'm not sure on a main story, but there is lore. Yeah, we're getting some questions in chat about the game, you know, having a story or lore. Uh, Horrific says the game will also have an animal husbandry profession line, which will allow you to tame wild animals, breed them, and turn them into mounts, and then sell the mounts. See, that's what I want to do. I just want to be a lion tamer, right? Now, what element do you guys know? Yeah, Dan Cleary says this is UE5. Dan, do you, do, are, do, based on you, you having that thumbnail, um, and just some of your responses. Are you are you one of the team members on the game? You don't you don't need to start speaking officially for them. I'm just curious because if you're willing to answer questions, that's awesome as well. It may, you know maybe answer what you can. We actually have uh, a member of Amazon Games here in the community who has been able to give us some insight into new world elements as well. So we we obviously tread lightly there. I never want to like put somebody on blast who's not been given official talking points to speak on behalf of the company and all that. I I know how that works, but. Um, no, you're an early backer. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. So then, if you're an early backer, then you might be able to answer the question anyway. Uh, what's PvP's role in the game? Will it be something that leads to, you know, flat tire frustrating experiences, griefing? Is it going to be a central and, and frustrating piece of the game if you're not really a PvP-minded player? Or is it something that will be, like, avoidable or fraught with enough pain that people won't just do it haphazardly all of the time right um, I wish I could write down all these questions I can look into things later some of the chat's questions are good says Dominus you can always come back and watch the re, you know the rebroadcast and uh, and and maybe you know write down some of the questions 
because that that to me is always the concern okay one of the primary issues with new world right now is pvp it's not going well it just isn't they're having issues with the wars they're having issues with balance they're having issues with you know just irritation everything they add everything they everything they nerf everything they buff all of this is is largely attached to frustrations in pvp and anytime a game is going to be doing pvp i'm i'm always you know a little worried i'm a little cautious i'm like well you know pvp in a general sense this is not me slamming pvp folks so you know everybody hold on to your hats i'm going to say something a little controversial i think pvp communities trend toward the degenerate and the cannibalistic okay and if you're a fan of pvp you you deep down you know i'm right or maybe you're even willing to admit that i'm right that pvp communities in general tend to uh, over time they trend toward and lean toward degenerate and cannibalistic behavior okay and this is not a slam or a slight i believe most of this is just rooted in human behavior and and, and human instinct as well as just what happens to people when they get bored right what happens to a group of kids in a room that are bored if there's something in the room that they could you know destroy well eventually they'll start hitting it just and destroying it just because they're bored they'll they will descend into degenerate behavior because they've got nothing to do right if you give kids just go just do an experiment like just put a cardboard box in a room and put some kids in there, you know, seven or, you know, six or seven year olds, and they can play with the box. You say, yeah, you guys can pass the time in here by playing the box, playing with the box. Well, with enough time, with enough time, they're going to, they're going to descend into degenerate behavior. They're going to start to beat the box up and mistreat the box and, and rip the box to shreds. And they're going to get bored. And the more the bored they get, the more degenerate and the more destructive their, their, their behavior will become, Right. Now, if you put the box in the room and after 10 minutes, you add a couple fire trucks and then after a couple minutes, you add a box of Legos and then after a couple minutes, you add these other things. Well, then generally that box is going to be protected by the variety and the the lack of boredom. So the degenerate behavior is is kind of kept at bay, you know. Um, so let's get some answers on PvP. I kind of went on that little speech to give you guys time to uh, say stuff. I just like the competition of camping and claiming big stuff for your team. There are PvP events like if you're uh, escorting cargo from one node to another. Uh, there's going to they're going for meaningful PvP, says Tracy. There is robust corruption systems to dissuade ganking or outright griefing. Okay, that's good. Corver says that sea of thieves for me often I'll sink boats and just let the treasure sink yeah you're it you've you have descended into the degenerate mind of uh, there's nothing to really do so I'm just gonna watch the world burn I don't think that's an indictment of your character I think that proves that you're a human being you're not gonna boot up sea of thieves for 800 days in a row and play it the exact same way every day eventually you will get bored and you will play the game in a degenerate way because there's not enough happening this is why variety and and content injections are so important Dan Cleary says PvP is integral to the game but there will be systems to prevent griefing if you are a sole PvE player while there will still be things for you to do this won't be a game that you will enjoy let me ask you a question then Dan this is great input so thank you for answering the question let's say I do have PvE leanings but 
I like to play by myself sometimes. Is playing by yourself ill-advised if you're not really looking for the PvP stuff, if you kind of want to avoid it? Is this going to be one of those games where you want to kind of like run a brute squad, and as long as your brute squad's with you, PvP becomes less frequent? Or are you better off, you know, solo? Like, is it easier to, like, avoid the encounters? Is it easier to avoid the PvP nature of the game if you're by yourself, right? If I just want to go questing. Virilian says, PvP is centered around an opt-in system. World bosses' dungeons can be contested. There is a caravan system. The node system is protected by PvP. Okay. Zyber says, I don't want to purchase this game if it's PvP heavy. I really think, and this is where I would love to have an interview with Steven, I really think they need to consider what has happened with New World and how their New World is already considering bettering the solo play experience, which you can tell by their wording, they're not talking about PvP when they talk about it, okay? They don't. They're talking about that sole person that just wants to chop trees down and fish and quest, okay? Steven said it will be equal both PvP and PvE. I gotta tell you, him saying that, compared to what others have said and how this game was initially couched to people, I think they've already learned from either from New World or from their own research that if you make the game just treacherous and scary and the threat of PvP is around every corner, you're going to miss out on a large, large portion of the audience that would buy your game and love it and just sort of live in the quest. They would just live in the quest line, you know? I do. I, I, I think I think that would be that would be something they need to consider. If if you make people feel as if well yeah it's just a PvP centric game like you're just you're always under threat of attack and you know you're always under threat of having you know your progress slowed down, I, I think you're going to turn lots of people off. You got to let people say no, that's not for me. Let me just play the game and run around. I, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Now 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 hear me out. This is not me ham-fisting something into the game to dilute its identity as people try to do with easy mode in Dark Souls, like, or Elden Ring, give us easy mode. No, that's a dilution of the game's identity. If the developers, their intention matters, I want to respect authorial intent here. The author's intentions, I think, need to be respected. But they're still a business at the end of the day. So you have to kind of take the intentions of the author and the developers, and you got to kind of blend that with what makes for a successful game and I think if you're too narrow and you're too rigid if there's a rigidity to your like no the game needs to have the threat of PvP all the time you run the risk of really stiff arming a large portion of people that would support your game and play it for long long periods of time Steven said that he knows this game isn't for everyone the question is is New World New World went through lots of changes in regard to this. New World was originally going to be PvP all the time and they slowly but surely walked that back and made it opt-in. And even now they're talking about really really adding to and improving the solo experience. The and, and with regard to they've said that this is with in the lane of questing, you know, solo questing. Well, that means they're noticing a pattern of behavior in their community that needs to be met. And that pattern of behavior is there are lots of people that play this game solo and they just want to quest and chop trees down. Okay, that's important. That's actually very, very important because 
again, I want to respect the authorial intent. The author's intentions are important. We want to have a game with the threat of PvP, and to dilute that and, and, and to whittle that down would be not good for what we have set out to do. You are well within your right to do that, but you have to consider you need people playing your game that's larger than that niche audience a lot of the times. And the reason I'm saying this is, this isn't Dark Souls, this isn't Demon Souls, this isn't Sekiro, this is meant to be an MMORPG, which means you better hope that the cannibalistic and degenerate trends within the PvP community and people that desire PvP, you better hope they don't create a depreciating return of players for your game if it's too heavily centric and too heavily focused on PvP. PvP can have, I think, a very, very double whammy effect on your game. Initially, what it can do is stiff arm a lot of people from even trying your game. They're like, I'm not even going to give that game a shot. PvP's on all the time, and I just want to be left alone. So you're already short, short, short sighting or, or narrowing your player base. The second thing it can do is PvP can expedite player exodus people feel as if the pvp is too centric it's too annoying it's too frustrating and then they tend to leave because as people get bored they behave in a degenerate way it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the cannibalistic griefing degenerate playstyles of the sea of thieves community has had a significant effect on player exodus i think sea of thieves if sea of thieves launched a pve only mode that would be that 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 game would make a regular appearance on this channel in some way I think that game's got a lot of charm and a lot of great things about it and Hilly and I could play it and throw back drinks and have some laughs but I'm telling you the degenerate cannibalistic you know trends in that player base drove me away from the game now I'm not saying that's going to happen to Ashes of Creation these things need to be considered if you want your game to last a really really long time they have to be considered I want to read some of the uh, some of the input here Dan Cleary says, There is an opt-in flagging system, but you can be killed at any time by any player. If you're not flagged, then your killer will be penalized. You still don't know how much solo content there will be, as the focus as far has been on developing group content. Most PvE dungeons and raids are open world, so your group can be wiped even if you don't opt in to PvP. Right, even if you don't opt in, and then you hope that the penalty is good enough. I want to scroll up a bit here. Tracy White says, You can play solo, but that will limit your content. You can go out and harvest resources if you want, but that risk is still there. Luckily, if you are not corrupt, you only drop resources, not gear. Okay, so that's that's helpful. I stopped playing New World because it isn't solo player friendly, says somebody. Arch Enigma, we have to keep in mind they are still very back into alpha still. Even though they wanted open world PvP to have a presence, there's no telling that that will carry into launch. There is time for them to look at what happened with New World. I right now would strongly suggest they do some really, really hard thinking and analyzation about what has been going on with New World and consider that for their game. I really, really think they need to consider it. I don't think it can be understated how much the PvP elements of New World have led to some of the problems and the woes and the frustrations. I really think that needs to be considered if they're in the early stages still of development and vision casting and identity forming. Okay, well, you may make people mad that we're really dead set on playing some ruthless open world PvP you know, cutthroat game, you may lose them, but I gotta be honest with you. You don't want them. 
you know you don't want those players they're they're not good for your game's longevity they're the ones that purely play the game to to hurt and harm the experiences of others and they 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 tend to have a uh, a, a bad a bad effect on your game's longevity and and player base i think i think it's bad for morale um in a very in a very general sense Corrupted dropping gear is going to be novel, says Toby. Good points. It does seem that PvP will be significant, particularly in Endgame, which will likely consist of node v node contests, which drive which quests are available in each node. Cruel Crusader says, yeah, so if a corrupt group carry in their group uh, non-PvP players and they get killed by regular PvE players, those PvE players can lose their gear. Okay. I've always thought game companies should look to the other game's missteps when figuring out how to get systems balanced. Mighty Blue says, All of this sounds iffy. If I want to just be able to play a game without being killed for X or Y reason by players, I only want to die for my own incompetence, not paying attention to PvE. And if they decide to not give you that ability, Mighty Blue, it's very important for you and for them to establish that the game is not for you. One of the best things you can do is not play games that aren't built for you. There were plenty of people that downloaded Returnal, right? There were plenty of people that downloaded Returnal and didn't know that they were buying a rogue and they really, really bristled against the idea of like dying and going back to the beginning. And so if, if this game's not for you, if PvP stays central and PvP is a significant part of the game, then it might not be a game for you. All respect, but if you're asking people about core systems in the game without looking at the game's published information, you're not going to get the full idea. Well, I prefer to interact with the community while also doing some of my own research. So this is sort of my first coverage of the game. So my interest has now been piqued, and I I will probably then delve deeper into it and and look look further into it. So I, I don't feel disrespected by what you're saying. I don't tend to do like this well, let me uh, let me go do all this research before, um, you know, before covering the game or whatever. I tend to do the game coverage, and if the audience kind of sways me, you know, we did this with Star Citizen, we did this with uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Convince me to play the game. Convince me to check out the game. And largely, I think the community today has done that. I think you guys have done a, a very good and admirable job of uh, of piquing my interest. They have stated multiple times this game is for PvE, PvX, meaning players will naturally encounter both PvE and PvP. Dustin says, I think their focus on massive 500 versus 500 siege battles is great. Well, and see, that could really funnel players away from just being open world griefers, and they, you know, they may want to spend, you know, the bulk of their time doing, doing those sorts of things instead. That was hilarious. Uh, Bada Rogue complained about loss of progress on death. I think a lot of that had to do Valiant with the fact that like people were so hungry for a game um, that they just they just bought it. They were like, oh my gosh, it's a new game. It looks great. Especially it was PS5 only. So, you know what I mean? That was in general, I think, uh, 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 that was hard. I think that was tough. Because people, I think, admittedly were just like, you know, I really just wanted something to play on my PS5. Uh, especially one that was PS5 exclusive. It wasn't one that was was cross-gen supported. Um, which, we're going to break down some of the new gameplay stuff from Horizon uh, in a stream this week. 
Uh, I'm not going to tell you my thoughts or the footage yet, but we're going to be breaking some stuff down. And uh, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be a little arrogant whenever we watch that footage. You know what I mean? World of Warcraft camping is inevitable, LOL. I mean, maybe, maybe. It sounds like they're, uh, they're, they're trying to discourage griefing. What is this animal being made on screen? This is called a day strider. This is a mountable uh, animal in the world. It's a camel anteater hybrid, as far as I can tell. And uh, he's charming. I think he's got a little charming way about him. You know, he's got to watch where he he uh, he sticks his nose. But other than that, I think it's a cool it's a cool creature. One of the things I notice about this footage in particular is they did such a good job capturing the gallop and the organic movement of a being that doesn't exist. You'll see that in just a moment. Steven may give you an interview as well. He's extremely open to conversations with player bases and reviewers. I would absolutely love to interview him and and dive into everything we've talked about. You know, have you guys looked at the perils of New World with respect to PvP balance, player frustrations, territory control, you know, servers dwindle and then nobody can do base level things, you know, griefing. Um, If a server gets so lopsided on territory control, does that create a morale problem, which creates an exodus problem, which creates a server saturation problem, which compounds itself over time and then the server becomes derelict and dead at the hands of player behavior that was not intended. That's just they played the game as it was designed, right? Those are things you have to think about. Yo, what's good, Zubair? What are the most corrupted gets a temporary death scythe uh, or random powers? Yeah. You have to give incentives. You have to both give positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement in a game like this. See that gallop animation? Just very, very well done. Very well done. The animal the animal creation, I think, has, has been excellent here. Um... Not intended, but entirely predictable. That's right. That's right. Please reach out to him and be. It'd be great to watch you uh, interview uh, Stephen. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I uh, I enjoy I enjoy creating that kind of content. Uh, interviews like that. Um, again, I've 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 got I've I've been contracted professionally to do main stage interviews at E3. So I I I can I can honor the the interview the interview. Um, what is it? The etiquette. I can honor interview etiquette. You can swim with your mount and not worry about dismounting. The horizon stuff I've seen is nuts. The idea that old Jen is holding it back is laughable. Yeah, yeah. That'll you Eugene, you'll be you're gonna want to be here that day. That should be a good day. Um I added Steven on Lono's Twitter. Everyone go at Steven. Let's get him on here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, don't 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 pester the guy. Don't pester the guy. You could maybe co-sign Sven's Sven's tweet or something. Um, so, if you're new and you haven't hit subscribe yet, feel free to do that. It'll enable you to talk in my chat, and I'll be in your sub feed all throughout the week doing live gaming talk shows like this. Usually, we are in a scene that looks a little bit more like this, and I'm just talking with the audience about a variety of subjects. Yesterday, we covered Lost Ark updates coming next year. We also talked about uh, the Star Wars Eclipse problems. Um, even even Tom Henderson, the big famous leaker on Twitter, stopped in and enjoyed some of that stream. Uh, he he kind of gave me some props on Twitter, so that was pretty cool. And uh, we also have been covering a lot of New World and Halo Infinite, as well as from software games like Elden Ring, playing through Sekiro on Fridays as well as part of our From Fridays Uh, So if you like this kind of content, I am safe for work, so a lot of people will subscribe in confidence knowing I'll be in their sub feed all throughout the week. People treat me like video game radio, so thank you for being here. 
smashing the like button and the subscribe button. Uh, would love to see 400 likes on the video. So if there's roughly, you know, 50 or 60 of you that haven't hit the like button yet, do me a favor and do that. It's free to like and subscribe, and it does support the video and supports the channel. We have direct ways of supporting the channel as well. Paid memberships, coffee, t-shirts, displays. Any you got questions about any of that, feel free to ask in chat. Um, what's, what's being said here? I want to see the back and forth and capture it. Some are just trash and don't want to improve at PVP. And Zyber is saying, you know what I mean? PVP clans come in, no life, the game with builds and weapons, and they keep new players frustrated who even attempt to venture into PVP. Right. On ongoing, ongoing gameplay is super important. Something you have to consider here, and this is something that players I think lose sight of a lot of the times. So this game isn't going to exist in the first month vacuum. Do you understand? Like the first month vacuum of everybody comes in, goes nuts, has a hardcore experience, and that's all that matters. No, this game has to exist seven months after its launch and be healthy which means you can't make it incredibly hard and difficult for new players to come in. This is why you have to guard against degenerate and cannibalistic behavior. Because what degenerate and cannibalistic behavior does is it drives existing players away and it keeps new players from coming in. It's it's not something that you, uh, you want to see. So that's why it's very important to have safeguards in a game that offers PvP. Because it can affect both sides of the game's health, which is maintaining a player base and filling the player funnel with new players. I've seen displays promoted through ads, but I didn't know if they were actually good. Do you like displays? I think they're amazing. I, you want, I can give you a little demo. So, they're high quality printed metal posters. <laughs> See? You hear it? And you put magnets on your wall, and you just throw them up on the wall, and then you can swap them out depending on what you want to do. See, it's just like a big metal, such a big metal thing. Now, this is large for 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 you know comparison. People are gonna make a bunch of short jokes in chat. I'm five six, so I'm not particularly tall person. And just so for some scale here, uh, and print quality. Uh, this comes from a really really great Marvel collection. Uh, that I think is just absolutely wonderful. I have this one and Hulk, and I plan to hopefully get more. Obviously, we have Ghost of Tsushima and Mandalorian back there. Um, so, this live stream is sponsored. Well, we have it marked as there are sponsored elements of this stream, because yes, we have product placement, and so we're abiding by the rules, and we have the, the stream marked as like, there are sponsored elements to this stream. They're not paying me to put those back there. I get a kickback if you order some, just to be clear. I'm not being paid a stipend for placement. That'd be amazing. We're not we're not quite of the size where we get paid that just yet. Watch me in 2022 and maybe we'll have a different discussion. But for now, I get a great kickback if you order an 80s t-shirt from 80s tees, a displate, use my Amazon affiliate link. What and, and we have our own coffee. This is ours, by the way. We, my wife and kiddos bag this up and ship this to you. You're supporting like a small family business when you order the coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, people in chat can tell you how amazing our coffee is. All right?
You were joking? Well, I, I, cruel, cruel crusader, I like to be very, very transparent about those sorts of things because other streamers act all like weird about it and they like skirt the line or whatever. No, like I, you know, th- these are companies that I'm in a relationship with. So yes, we, uh, we want to make sure that's, that's, that's a, that's a well-known, um, thing. That's not just, you know, I don't just happen to really like these companies. <laughs> so do you think they will make a ghost of Tsushima too? So my theory about Ghost of Tsushima 2 is that Ghost of Tsushima is going to readily observe and implement a lot of what's going on in Assassin's Creed Valhalla as well as Assassin's Creed Infinity. I believe there is a Ghost of Tsushima live service game being built that will arrive eventually. I believe they are using their Ghost of Tsushima Legends and Rivals to test ongoing loot-based samurai live service game. I also think in the interim, they will test things in their own game. If you played the Ghost of Ikishima expansion, the way the map zooms out and shows that island, I believe they will add other islands around as a way of doing DLC, but also as a way of testing some of what I'm talking about. That is a theory that I have come up with based on just observing the industry and observing the the focus that they have put on Legends and Rivals. Uh, as something that is not only free in the base game but sold separately I think that's very intentional because I think they have big plans for it I could see an open world sort of ongoing live service samurai game where you train as a ghost because you know Jin is going to start to believe and evangelize and say we don't need samurai we need ghosts right we need we need uh, we need ghosts you're saying Ghost of Sushi Mama wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's not a cooking mama game. It's Ghost of Ghost of Tsushima, right? So that's my theory about Ghost of Tsushima. Zubair says Team Dark Roast. Yeah, people in the chat will tell you which version of our coffee they like the most. We have a light roast, a dark roast, and uh, and, a, and a holiday blend that is quickly uh, dwindling in in quantity. That'll be gone and not back until next year. The light roast is really the most drinkable coffee of the bunch. That's it, what I'm drinking this morning. All of our coffee has balanced acidity, which is why people drink it and and don't really drink other coffee once they start drinking it. So be careful. Be fair warned, if you order my light roast, you will likely have a hard time enjoying other coffee. It is the smoothest, most drinkable coffee ever. And that is also true of the dark roast. But the dark roast is the same flavor, just a little bit more bold and full-bodied because it's been roasted up to dark. Hey, somebody just ordered some coffee. My man Zyber grabbing a Frickmas blend and a light roast. There you go. Grabbing the ever-popular Merry Frickmas blend as well as the very, very drinkable light roast. So thank you everybody who's been here and has supported that coffee effort this year. We got cool plans for next year as well. Um, so... And thank you everybody who has smashed the like button or the subscribe button. So many new subscribers here today. I hope you've enjoyed the content and the coverage of Ashes of Creation. There will be another talk show today on this on this channel about the Final Fantasy 16 release date update. Yesterday we covered Lost Ark's coming updates in 2022 as well uh, as Star Wars Eclipse development woes and troubles I have planned coverage this week of more Elden Ring, uh, Horizon Forbidden West so if you enjoy variety gaming coverage, I hope you enjoy me hitting your sub feed throughout the week with talk shows like this. Uh, as a reminder I've said this multiple times but you kind of have to with a live audience because lots of people like come in and come out. Uh, I am safe for work 
Uh, and so you can you can kind of put me on in confidence throughout the week. A lot of people treat me like talk you know video game talk radio, and uh, we appreciate the great interaction we've gotten today from the Ashes of Creation community. Just kind of combing over the Ashes of Creation Unreal Engine update. Now we're looking at the character creation of some of these guys. This is the macaw, and uh, what was it? What what kind of a, a fell beak macaw? And uh, we don't get to see him in the wild, but you just get to kind of enjoy. Uh, you know, seeing it made. And all of this predates Unreal 5. Um, And so that's pretty cool that as good as this stuff looks that I'm showing you, it's actually Unreal 4. It it, it predates, it predates um, Unreal 5. Uh, While you're enjoying this next one, give me a quick, quick second. Uh, I'm going to quickly run up and use the restroom. You have a face for radio. Oh, thanks, Rad. You're you're cute too. I appreciate that. (laughs) rude I'll be right back I'm back. 
sorry. We still have uh, we still have folks in town, and so I heard this weird, like weird noise. I was like, "What is that noise? Uh, is the video still going?" Okay, good. We thought this week was going to be really, really slow because, like, end of the year, not a lot of announcements. But man, today has been so stellar. Thank you guys for a huge turnout. We are uh, obviously setting our sights on 10,000 subs. Like, 10K subs would be such a huge goal. And boy, oh boy, are we getting closer and closer every day. I did not expect... I did not expect the response we got today, so thank you. Uh, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed my, my my Ashes of Creation coverage enough to uh, to come back for, you know, for more videos and more coverage because this, this has just been super enjoyable. I think one of my favorite things to do as a live streamer is to be educated by fans of a game, right? You're a fan of a game and you kind of educate me on the game. I think that's one of my favorite things is because it's extremely hard to, you know, to to learn about and cover, you know, lots of different games. It's really challenging. And you guys are like, you're almost like research assistants in my pocket that I can like pull out and be like, okay, tell me about this. And you and, and you've watched videos, read blogs, played the game, read tweets, watched interviews, and you can be like, oh yeah. And you can like disseminate a super big thing and like break it down into like a concise 200, 200 character response in a YouTube chat. Like it's a real, I don't know. It's a real privilege to, to be able to do that with you guys. Like it's cool. I hope that, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. I, it, it's just been really, really fun to do this sort of thing with, you know, Star Wars The Old Republic, or Ashes of Creation gameplay, or, you know, New World. Even though I play that game and cover it, I'm still learning things every day from the audience, so it's been really, really fun. Uh, Did I hear about that? No, I I don't know why you would do that. Um, Thanks for, I tell you what, let me just put you in timeout for being just absolutely clueless. Um, that feels malicious. That I don't think anybody's that dumb. Um, I will say, if you dive into the game and there are prior updates and interviews, I think it'll become even more interested in this game. But more than likely, Corver, from what I've been told today, yes, it does sound like I would need a brute squad. Which I will admit, I will admit, I'm in a privileged position as a streamer. I can be like, hey guys, I need a brute squad. I'm going to go out into the game and do a bunch of different things. You know. Um, and and then I got people to help me, right? Not everybody can do that, and I understand that is a privileged position to be able to say, "Hey, I want to play, and I don't want to get attacked." I still love this guy here. This the 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 the, the tidebreaker, the little otter, um, just absolutely great. Uh, I really really appreciate these videos they did with the creation of the models, even though this all predates Unreal Five. I still find it really enjoyable to watch. Um, so I know that's not as easy for the average player. And that's why, you know, if I were given the chance to interview Steven, I would be like, listen, you know, this, this is a question that I always, always lands on me is what about the more common player? What about the player who has two or three hours on a Friday night? What kind of assurances do they have that PVP will not be you know, detrimentally destructive to their experience with their limited time. Like they may love the game and have a passion to play in a strong way that is very, very harmed by the, by, by the PVP experience. What do the guys say? 
I'm not going to repeat what he said. He asked a question that contained a spoiler for a show. Like, I don't understand why the frick people do that. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't like drawing attention to it because then chat turns into, you know, fake spoilerville, which then promotes real ones. So please don't do that. We'll just time out anybody that dances on the line. It just isn't worth it. Um, some game for growth and challenge, some game for escape. The latter group sees frustration as a reason to find a different outlet. You're not wrong for the first group. And what did Adam say? Isn't that evidence that learning to handle that response may be needed and helpful? And Zubair said prior to that, there's a different psychological response to struggling with what is essentially a puzzle versus losing to another human being. They hit different for some. Right, that's exactly the point, is like, that's exactly the point. You, you, losing to a player is not the same as losing to an NPC. There's a personal, there's a personal level of, of, of frustration, uh, that comes from it, and, I don't, I don't necessarily think you can just simplify it and say, well, get good or get out. I, I think that's short-sighted. I think there's, a, there's an element of, of that's, that's a little foolhardy to think that... Well, And this is something that gamers struggle with in general. We, we can take a little bit of a break from gameplay and just have maybe a, a, a different conversation. I think gamers struggle with this in a more particular way. I think humans struggle with this. If you... If you really enjoy a television show, it's hard for you to understand why other people don't enjoy it, right? And the, 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 the reverse is true. If you really dislike a television show, you find it odd that people enjoy it, okay? I think video games create a deeper sense of this because what ends up happening is you integrate with the game in a way that you feel like you're a part of it. You have a character in the game, you have a presence, you have investment. And so when someone says, yeah, I just couldn't get into that game because of the PvP or whatever, what ends up happening is you sort of feel not just sort of confused. You're like, I don't understand. I love this game. How could you not love this game? It would be like somebody saying they don't like this TV show and you're actually in the TV show. Imagine becoming a huge fan of a a television show. Let's say, you know, when, when Breaking Bad was on, you became a huge fan of the show. And somehow, as luck would have it, you ended up landing a part in the show for the second season. It would hit a little bit different when people told you that they didn't like the show. Why? Because you're now in the show. You're a part of it. You are now, in a very organic way, integrated like with the show. And it would hit a little bit different. And so when you really, really like a game and you have a character in the game, you've played a bunch, you've got all this investment, and someone talks about how, like, well, I don't like it because the PvP elements, da-da-da-da-da-da, I think gamers really struggle with a sense of like understanding and empathy because you're now more fully integrated with with the, with the product than you are with maybe a, a, an album or a television show that you enjoy. So I think the, the 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 frustration or the I would say the loyalty you almost protect the game with like a loyal sort of you know posture. I think it's 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 heightened by 
your integration with the, with the game. You think of it in a more personal way, and so you're like, well, I don't understand. Why wouldn't you just, you know, why wouldn't you just get better at PvP? Why wouldn't you just, you know, uh, get good or da 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 da? Or you just tell people, you know, leave. You know, get good or leave. Well, now the problem with this is, is this doesn't necessarily, you know. This doesn't necessarily land on on gamers as an audience. So if you have gamers as an audience of like people that might buy your game, play your game, support your game, you can't necessarily take that posture. You can take that posture to a degree. I believe From Software takes this posture and is like, we're not going to add an easy mode, get good, or that's fine. We, we're okay with you not enjoying our content. So I do think the intentions as i said earlier authorial intent right the intentions of the author are very very important and they're important because the average you know the average person is going to have a whole host of different desires and wants when compared to you know 10 other people next to them so you can't build a game for everybody it simply isn't possible if you try to build a game that everybody loves you'll end up being a, building a game that nobody even likes, right? It, it's, we want everyone to love it. Well, that, that's, a fast, that's a fast path to nobody, nobody even liking it, you know, it, let alone loving it. They're not even going to like your game because they're, they're going to feel like it doesn't have a soul. They're going to feel as if something, you know, something is missing, you know, something about it is, I don't know, bland, you know. That, that I think is, is a, a, a difficult, it's a difficult balancing. It's a difficult balancing act. And the reason it's a difficult balancing act is because, especially for a new IP, this is something we haven't even really con, uh, con, considered. They don't even have a, a core audience yet. They have fans, they have backers, they have people following them on Twitter and subscribe to their YouTube channel, but they do not have an organic community yet. Why? Because the game isn't out yet, okay? So it's difficult right now. What they have to do is envision what the community is going to want or enjoy or gravitate toward three months into the game's life. Three months into the game's life, you got to ask the question. Where's everybody going to be? What's everybody going to gravitate toward? What are people going to like? What are people going to dislike? Where you know where are people going to largely land on the game? This is something that you know obviously New World I think has struggled with. They didn't they didn't have good foresight with respect to certain trends, and I think it it's easy to just blame them and be like you you're dumb and you don't know what you're doing and da 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 and it's like. Some of that I think you could say, hey, you didn't have great oversight of bugs and glitches and potential exploits in your game, and that's on you. But you also have to remember that, you know, human beings, when amassing in large quantities and, and playing a video game, can be somewhat unpredictable. They, they're, they're, both, they're, they're equally predictable and unpredictable, because you could say gamers take the path of least resistance and to that degree in a very general more macro level you can zoom out and say human beings are predictable in video games now at a micro level not necessarily because you're like oh we totally missed that part and everybody discovered it if they run in a 10 foot circle and chop this tree down and kill this bear they get some in an insane amount of xp and so at a micro level you couldn't predict that behavior at a macro level you kind of did predict that behavior but at a micro level you didn't really get down and, and understand that like oh people are going to farm bull 
more like was happening in New World. You know, people are going to go farm boar or whatever. So Ashes of Creation gameplay, it could be amazing and great and feel awesome, but if two months in, there are PvP griefing trends or exploits that make it really, really difficult for people that aren't really interested in flagging for PvP, they're not really looking for player versus player to, to, to act as if like, oh, well, you shouldn't play the game. Well, someone quoted Steven just a moment ago and said it's equal on both parts, PvE and PvP. And New World even said in a recent interview, their game doesn't have a favorite child. Both PvE and PvP are equally loved. So, long term, these things have to be considered. If, if one child is harming the experience of the other, if the PvP is making it really difficult um, for others to enjoy, then again... I said the biggest danger of PvP is it can do two things. It can expedite exodus and it can hinder entrance. You, you make it to where people are like, I don't want to play this game anymore. I just get griefed all the time. Everybody's acting like a bunch of degenerate Neanderthals. I'm out of here. Right? So that expedites exodus. The second thing it can do is it can hinder entrance. People are like, I don't want to play that game. I tried playing that game. It was awful. Or I've heard bad things about that game. It's just a bunch of PvP griefers. So PvP is a double-edged sword, and both sides might cut you up. And all of a sudden, you turn around, and you, 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 have, a, you have a vacant game. Because player exodus tends to compound itself. As people start to exit, others say, well, there's no one playing, I'm leaving. And then somebody else says, well, there's no one playing, I'm leaving. It, it, it tends to compound itself. Thanks, Mama. <laughs> you know what it asked you you asked me thanks for the thanks for lunch mama <laughs> you asked me you asked me if I liked it the food <laughs> God the issue uh, with that is no one cares about the PVPers that feels left off or won't buy the game when it's dominated by PVE aspects it's all about the crybaby PVE players well that's that's I think that's a very juvenile, you know, and and very reductionist claim. Um, no, no, um, game design, game design that centers around satisfying a broad spectrum of player is about making money. It's not about, as you say, you know, crybaby PVE players. Um, that that's 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 not exactly the, the scenario. In in general, in general, I don't I don't think that's true, because I think a lot of the times what you're dealing with 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 PvP is a subset of players that really enjoys PvP. Even the subset of players that enjoy PvP don't necessarily enjoy being griefed. You could love playing PvP in Sea of Thieves, but you can hate with all of the every fiber of your being, you can hate getting griefed. Does that make sense? You just went on a rant about how PvEers would feel left out, but said nothing about PvPers. You fundamentally misunderstood what I said. It wasn't really a rant. Would you like one? Um, I said that, generally speaking, in games like this, PvP can have a double-pronged effect on 
driving players away and keeping players out. I didn't say anything about PvEers. I didn't say anything about PvEers. I said PvP can have that effect. PvP trends toward degenerate and cannibalistic behavior. This is documented in virtually every game in existence. That a game that centers around or has PvP elements will, over time, trend trend toward degenerate and cannibalistic behavior. Why? A lot of the times, it's on the developer. They don't give the PvP guys enough to do, and they get annoyed, and they just start playing in a degenerate and, and sort of cannibalistic way, and it, like, drives players away, right? And then new players try to come in, and they're like, this is awful, this is terrible. I didn't even say PvE players. I said new players. Like, a new player might come to your game, and because PvP is so insanely degenerate and, and, and cannibalistic, they might be a fan of PvP, and they're like, this is horrible. I, I can't get anything done. This isn't any good. I don't. Who wants to play a game where everyone's griefing, right? So, so can the lack of PvP. You're only looking at it from one side. You're only looking at it from one side. You presumed and assumed that when I said player exodus and player entrance, I was talking about PvE. I didn't say PvE. I said player entrance and player exodus. I didn't say what type of player they were. I merely said. PvP can expedite exodus of players and it can also hinder entrance of players because PvP can create a very cannibalized, gate-kept, degenerate trend in your game. That's just generally true, okay? Go and play like a really established franchise and when the established players beat the snot out of you game after game, they're not doing anything wrong, but it is more, it is generally more cannibalistic. It's like, well, we're just kind of consuming the game in a self-destructive manner that makes people not want to play. Have you played a game where PvP cannibalizes the game? Yes, I have. It was called Destiny, and the player behavior and the lack of a good ranked unranked system led to degenerate cannibalistic behavior in the just normal day-to-day playlist. This happens all of the time. Every single game that doesn't offer ranked and unranked goes through this. Do you want to know why I know they go through this? Because they all do the same dadgum thing. They're like, well, the more gifted players are making it really unpleasant for the lesser skilled players, so what do they implement? They implement skill-based matchmaking. And when they implement skill-based matchmaking, what they're doing is they're trying to mitigate the effect of the established players making it really unwelcoming to new players. So skill-based matchmaking is attempting to, 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 to stay the tide and to keep that from happening. Why? Because nobody wants to do the hard work, the hard work of developing a truly robust and well-built ranked and unranked system. So what ends up happening is, without a truly robust ranked and unranked system, your extremely talented players, gifted players, or very loyal players, they start to cannibalize the other playlists. Why? Because they're bored. So that's why I said PvP tends to trend in a direction of degenerate and cannibalistic behavior. I said this before New World came out. Look what in the frick happened. All the PvPers did what? They found out the meta, they found out the exploits, they found out the cheats, and they did them. 
that is degenerate and cannibalistic. It drives people away from playing the game. Whether it's breaking through a wall in a war, or finding some busted build exploit that you can do animation cancels and refreshing abilities in a way that weren't originally designed, that's all degenerate cannibalistic behavior. And look at what happened to New World. People complained, people got annoyed, and they left. This is traceable in virtually every game that's out there. That's what happens. If, if PvP is in the game, this is where it goes. This is what it trends to. PvP by its nature is destructive. You are attempting to destroy the opposition to get more strength. It's... Nothing I'm saying is outside the realm of just basic conventional wisdom and observation of virtually every video game that's ever attempted to do this. Like, PvE players in New World didn't do the same thing. You're just focusing on PvPers. No, 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 no. I was speaking in the realm of PvP behavior. I'm not ignoring PvE players' behavior. You're just in here grinding an axe. Did you not watch any of my New World coverage? It seems like you came out of a cave all of a sudden to get preachy at me because your PvP diapers got twisted up about my commentary this morning. I have... I have... I've given plenty of commentary on the exploitative and destructive nature of the player's behavior in New World with dupes and gold exploits and trade house getting shut down. Because why? I said before, no commentary on PvP here. I've said player behavior tends to gravitate toward the path of least resistance. It's instinctive and it's common and if you don't take into that in consideration then your game will be destroyed by the player base you've not been paying attention to my coverage if you think I'm just sitting here wailing on PvP players I am saying New World is a cautionary tale all these games without ranked and unranked playlists are cautionary tales because this is what happens the more loyal players tend to rise in the ranks and beat the snot out of the playlists and then your more mid lane more casual players leave and what you have left is a ravenous, degenerate, Neanderthalic, angry pool of players that don't care about anything other than beating on everybody else. If your game has PvP in it, do not pretend that that won't happen, because it will and it has. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I've not once said that, like, PvP players and PvE players, I simply said PvP as an element in your game will potentially drive players away and make it hard for new players to come in. This is very, very conventional wisdom. I'm not saying something that's like bizarre. I'm not saying that's something that's like out of left field. Ono has literally covered generally exploited player behavior in the PVE side. Players will always take the path of least resistance to find exploits and shortcuts. Right. If you don't consider these things, then y- your game's not long for this world. It isn't. Especially in a world where you're going to attract players. Think about the RPG world. Like people like questing, people like growing in power, people like raising their level and their skills, okay? They might not necessarily want to do that while some guy's shoving an arrow in their ear because he likes to play PvP. And those players can come to one or two conclusion this game isn't for me or the pvp elements are a little over realized can you dial them back i don't necessarily want to gut the game's identity i am merely stating as a caution to the developers of ashes of creation 
these things are risky. Before New World came out, what did I say? I said a player-driven economy and trade house was an insane risk. Was an insane risk. It could literally flip upside down on itself. I said a PvP intrinsic game with territory control and player benefits could literally be the reason people stop playing your game. And then look at the two primary problems with New World. Tradehouse needed shut down every other dadgum week and nothing but exploits, cheats, and bugs in the wars. The wars are the way that you get territory control. The two things that I said were fraught with the most risk and the most problems and the most danger have become the biggest and most prominent thorns in the side of New World. Read any interview where they talk about the fact that like they have all these things they want to do and they want to grow the world, expand the world, make it better. And what have they had to do? They've had to babysit the dadgum game. Why? Because this is what players do. You think New World's just some random exception to the rule? No, it establishes the rule. This is what players do. This is human nature 101. There's nothing wrong with player markets. Look at BDO. You have a really hard time capturing what I'm saying and interacting with it. You're like a you're like a straw man batting cage. I didn't say there was anything wrong with markets. I said player-driven trade house and economy is fraught with danger. It is. And look at what happened. They, they, they constantly had to shut it down. And look at what happened when people were just exploitating boar. It messed up end game leather economy. Like, you're not listening to what I'm saying. I didn't say that, that, that player-driven markets are wrong. I didn't say that. I said they're fraught with problems. Like, PvP is fraught with problems and dangers that you better curb. If you don't curb it, then the player base will punish you for it. They will. You better believe it. If right now, Ashes of Creation isn't taking notes from New World and having foresight about degenerate cannibalistic trends in PvP communities, then the player base will absolutely punish them for it. They'll be staring at their game two, three months in and be like, oh, these PvP players shredded the player experience and all our hard work. That's all I'm saying. I've not once said get rid of PvP. I've not said the PvP is bad. I've not said the PvP is terrible. It trends toward this type of behavior. And buddy, you better put some cage, caged walls and barricades up. You better. It would be like me saying owning a pet tiger is fraught with problems and danger. You better have adequate fencing in your backyard. Why? Because that tiger gets out, you're going to have a massacre on your hands. PvP players are the same way. You better cage them in. You better give them barricades. Because if not, they're, they're going to be really, really destructive to your game. They can make a game flourish because they can be incredibly loyal and incredibly ravenous and incredibly dedicated. PvP players are a strength. They're like a big, giant elephant. They're strong. They're loyal. They stick to a game. And yet, you let them run amok. And they're going to be trampling people in the streets. PvE is the same. Look at Wildstar. Anything can cause a game to go wrong if done incorrectly. I actually think PvP is more volatile. And I don't think you can do, I don't think you can prove that wrong. I think PvP is more volatile because another player negatively affecting your experience is far more volatile and potentially destructive than just basic PvE design. 
basic PvE design, like just good questing and scaling and progression and damage and skill trees and looting, like that's not that hard to get right these days. The biggest challenge for PvE is ongoing elasticity. Can you scale the player's experience so that a year from now they still feel like they're getting something done and growing and being stronger and they feel like their time is being respected? That's one of the biggest challenges to PvE. So let me set down the PvP topic for a little while. The biggest challenge for PvE is elasticity and scalability. What am I doing in the 10th month and why the frick do I care? What am I doing in the 19th month and why the frick do I care? My player's maxed. I got a mount. I got a really strong build. Why do I care about any of this other stuff? Why? You gotta scale it. Scalability and elasticity is the single greatest challenge to PvE ongoing content. It's the biggest one in the room. If you picture it like we're gonna make a PvE game and it's gonna be ongoing... Their white whale, their enemy in the room that has to be defeated is elasticity and longevity. How are you going to do this without making it feel like my investment's been just totally disrespected and discarded because now I got to go level again or go do this again and all my loot's irrelevant. But if you don't make my loot irrelevant or my leveling irrelevant to a degree, then I'm just statically strong and the new experience has no meaning. It is incredibly challenging. It seems like you just want to rant about certain aspects of MMOs that you don't like and said, why can't you point out the good examples? It seems like you are bathing in your own tears and I don't care to engage with you anymore. I don't, I'm, I'm having a conversation with the public about the goodness and the badness of PvP, the frauds, the risks, and the promise of what this game offers, and and you want me to sit in here and I guess stroke the MMORPG fanbase's ego and talk about the good things that they do. I'm not interested in the good things that they do. I'm interested in how they can make their games last. That's more important than making you feel good about MMORPGs. I don't care how you feel. Why would that matter to me? That's not important to me. That's not important to the dialogue. That's not important to a game's health. You know, I better get out the massage chair and the and the and the I don't know and the massage gloves and like stroke the ego of the MMORPG fans out there. Clearly, MMORPGs have gotten a lot of things right. It's one of the more long-standing, more more successful, far-reaching genres in existence. So rather than talk about what they've gotten right, talk about where they run a, run a, run into ground, where the, where the ship runs aground. That's all. That's all. But this entire dialogue started with me saying the developers of Ashes of Creation should take a hard and a long look at New World. They should. Because these things are very dangerous. It's like looking at a guy in the hospital who juggled chainsaws and he made a mistake and he lost his arm well, if you want to juggle chainsaws maybe you should watch the footage and see what he did wrong so that you don't do the same thing if you're going to juggle with chainsaws and swim with alligators it's probably important to look at the people who didn't do it successfully you better, you better pay attention they have looked at New World I wouldn't be surprised if the dialogue about Ashes of Creation starts to form a more centric dialogue about the existence of PvE and PvP coexisting in a healthy way. It wouldn't shock me in the least if that becomes dialogue points and a vision cast in 2022. It wouldn't surprise me at all.
Wouldn't. Wouldn't 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 shock me at all. Why point to the bad games? Because the bad games are cautionary tales. What do, what do you mean? Point to the good games that did it correctly? What do you what, what point of what there's no point in doing that? If 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 you're building a house and you're the foreman, I'm going to assume that you understand the basics of building a house. If you're building an MMORPG, I'm just going to assume that you understand the basics of building an MMORPG. Now, if you're building a house next to uh, or, 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 of uh, some kind of a mountain and there's been some, some dust fall, rock fall, and mudslides and somebody's build was completely destroyed because the foundation became unstable. And I come to you and I say, you better pay attention to what happened to those guys down there. I, I'm i coming with a presumption and assumption that you know how to build a dadgum house, but look at what happened to them. You don't want that to happen to you, do you? This is bad. This is not a good result. I'm coming to them with the assumption, based on everything we watch today with footage, that they know what the frick they're doing. But, organic, living bodies of people, games that, that, that require people to play long-term in PvP and, and share the space for more than a month, for, for more than a month, I think... They really should pay attention to somebody else who just tried this and ran into a lot of problems. That's what I would say. A good contractor would see those mistakes before the building fell down. My gosh, you guys don't understand analogies. You just don't. You're not you're not even landing on the landscape of the discussion. I would say look at the house that's still standing and copy that. I just you, I, I, I genuinely think you are getting emotional about it. It's like it's emotionally upsetting for you for some reason for me to talk about PvP's risks and problems and where New World failed. There's so many similarities to things in Ashes of Creation to New World. So to look at that and say, hey, these guys just made a bunch of mistakes, so maybe pay attention to what they did wrong. It's, it's far better to understand the 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 folly the folly of those who went before you than to be like well we better make sure and look at the people that have done it well that that that's presumed if they're building an MMORPG that they've that there's some at some level modeling their game after successful MMORPGs it just seems like your feelings are hurt like you you want me to make sure and talk about the goodness of the MMORPGs out there I you just I think you're I think you're off in left field like with I don't understand your, your disposition is an, is honestly it's annoying I don't feel like I'm having a conversation I feel like you're scolding me and how I formulated my argument well go make your own dadgum channel and talk about MMOs how you want I, I I'm not here to take constructive literature or oratory criticism from you about my argumentation or about what I'm saying go make your own channel then and see how many people watch you praise and laud the goodness of MMORPGs and what they got right. Nobody's interested in that. That's a well-established thing. Yeah, sure. There's MMORPGs that have been successful and gotten things right. Who the frick cares? You have anything of substance to say? Like, everybody knows that. 
That'd be like me pointing to the success of Marvel and cinema and talking about CGI and everything they got right. Nobody cares about that. They'd probably rather hear about, like, the lack of nuance in the villains and how static and boring they are and the fact that they're all just evil and want power. That just gets old. Like, those character arcs aren't that interesting. Like, actually criticizing where the movies could have been made better. No one cares to listen to somebody just fawn over the goodness of games. And most of the time... I actually do the good, the bad, and the ugly, or the good, the bad, and the room for improvement. Most of the time, my structure of content is not, this sucks, it's, this is good, this is not so good, here's how to improve the areas that are not so good. So, you're noticing probably a bias and a bent in my in my approach to content creation. I focus far more on the failures and the weaknesses because if you bolster those, they help hold up all the good things that you're talking about. Does that make sense? You could I could sit here and talk about all the good things in New World cuz by gosh, they got a lot of things right and those things are bolstered, made stronger, and better by fixing the weak parts. That's why I focus more heavily on the things that could be improved, made better, or the things that are incredibly risky. Ashes are taking most of their influences from Lineage 2 and uh, Archeage. Archeage? Probably Archeage. Without the bad things from them. They have also made uh, some subtle comments about the failures of New World. That, that that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good. It's like, okay, you're paying attention to the market. That's very, very important. You know? We can have an actual conversation if you want instead of sitting on your soapbox. I'm 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 let me let me make something perfectly clear. I'm done with you. I I'm you you're gone. I don't like interacting with people like you. You're not having a conversation. You want to scold me and attempt to mold me into the orator that I am not. So go watch somebody else. I'm not going to be the content creator that you're looking for. So find somebody that, that, that I don't know, strokes your MMORPG fandom ego, and I, I, that's not me. I would much rather talk about the shortcomings, the failures, and the problems in the games to fix them, bolster them, and make them stronger. Because if there are problems and pitfalls and issues with PvP in a game... As a non-PVP-oriented player, I want to see those things fixed. Why? It makes the game last longer. If the game lasts longer, I get to play it longer. If I get to play it longer, then we get to have more experiences and more fun. That That's one of the reasons why even, even elements of games I don't engage with, I'm like, no, make them better, make it stronger, bolster it. That's a weak part in the wall. You better make that stronger. It's going to come crashing in on you. Jace Double says, failures are better learning experiences than successes. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, exactly. That's another way to look at it. I just, it's so short-sighted to act like, well, we should just sit here and walk through all the good things that are done. I'm not interested in that. If you want to, if you want to watch a show that does that, then go find a show that does that. I, I've never ever structured my content in that way. I will concede and say, hey, here's all the things they got right, so that I don't sound like some negative Nancy. But then I quickly divert to here's all the things that are bad, rocky, shaky, and could be improved. Why? That's how you refine a product. That's how you make it stronger and better. I think you'll love Steven's old interviews, Lono. It's easy to see why people put faith in the devs when you see how he interacts with people and content creators as a whole. I know you guys are really selling me on like the fact that like I'd love to sit down with him. 
Lono does stand on a soapbox, but it's not to preach. It's so he can reach the top shelf. Shut up, Chespe. <laughs> uh, New World needs a connected story. That would make it a better game. They've talked about that. Yeah. There's actually, if like, not to get off on, on a rabbit trail, but if you're a fan of New World, their, their recent developer stream that they did for December on their channel, well, it wasn't a stream, it was an upload. It's like an hour and a half long. They do an excellent job. I think they do an excellent job of establishing like how they want to work in 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 a lot of those areas: lore, storytelling, world building, world expansion, balancing new weapons, uh, improving different aspects of the game. Sure, just copying successful people just makes a cheap copy of something successful, not something new. Yeah, I, I it's, yeah. Who's the bad guy in New World? Uh, I forget her name. It's not a super character-focused game, so that's one thing people have talked about, how is we, we don't even really... Unless you read... It's hard, because, like, generally you get a lot of your story elements from, like, grabbing a quest from an NPC. With respect, that is one of the worst dadgum times to make somebody read something, is when they're grabbing a quest. <laughs> that's the worst time. After I grab the quest, play some audio. So when I'm leaving the town, you know, it's like in my ear, like what I'm going to do and what's happening. But instead I'm like, yeah, let me go get my XP and grab another quest. And they're like, oh, by the way, I would like to tell you about this wonderful creature you're going to be researching on the Southern Cliffs. His name, and you just skip right through it. You're like, I don't know, what in the, I don't, I, I want the quest, right? But if you grab the quest and while you're heading out there, that guy's talking, well, that's great. Well, guys, you can just listen to it. So a lot of these missions, I have no idea what in the frick I'm doing. Why? Because they're trying to talk to me and they're trying to establish story and lore when I'm grabbing a quest. Just give me the quest. This is why a lot of the times as you start a mission or end a mission, games do a cutscene. Why? Because that creates a capstone. That creates like a bookend effect of like, here's what you're doing. Here's what happened. And when you go back to the NPC and you like grab the quest, that's one of the worst times to like, like, pontificate about what I'm about to go do that's not when I want to I, I don't that's not when I want to hear it New World has a story it's just a bad game so no one cares I mean that's grossly overstated it's not a bad game and plenty of people care it actually has a lot of people playing it every day I, I would I, 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 I wager to say if I were to put money on the table December of next year we'll be having a very different conversation about how far New World came in light of what a lot of the other games have done Star Wars The Old Republic Final Fantasy XIV um, n- n- no Man's Sky. Uh, there, there's, there's plenty of games that have proven that over time games can be refined and garner uh, a growth in loyalty and engagement. And they have such a strong starting place. I don't think they're in danger at all. I don't. I think a lot of the Exodus was overstated because they hit heights they didn't anticipate. And so it made the Exodus seem significantly greater. So. Hmm. New World, New World's just a dead game, right? Right. It's going to be another dead game meme for the foreseeable future, no doubt, no doubt. Um. So, if you are new and you've enjoyed this conversation, we obviously get fiery and passionate, but we keep it respectful. Uh, I stay in the safe for work lane. New World's actually had a slight growth in player engagement. Looking at the Steam charts, they went from hitting a uh, hundred thousand peaks to now they're hitting a hundred and fifteen thousand player peaks. So it looks like they're 
maybe getting a little momentum off the winter update as well as maybe uh, the Christmas you know the Christmas noobs coming in and we'll see that can carry them to their update in February uh, hitting 100,000 player peaks a day likely means you're getting you know 200 to 250 some odd thousand unique logins a day so roughly I would say around 2 million maybe maybe two and a half million unique logins a day I would love to be able to see the unique login uh, numbers unfortunately we can't for example creating a new car engine would just make a copy of the most successful engine not something that hits the failing of that successful engine by your logic right like not every none of these games are perfect I don't think anybody would argue that I don't think so I don't I don't think so um Final Fantasy we need a 16 trailer Mm, mm, mm. here we go let me get you uh, 4k so for those of you that aren't familiar this is the kind of content we do it is safe for work uh, you can hit subscribe and the bell button in confidence and tune in throughout the week a lot of people treat me like gaming radio uh, and they just throw me onto the background I'll get you through your work day with lively discussions uh, and really really great conversations I'm going to go ahead and end the poll we are going to shift gears to our second stream of the day and our second stream of the day is the Final Fantasy 16 um, update basically with respect to the release date and I've got a good I think I've got a pretty good breakdown for you uh, so we are going to do what's called a live redirect you may or may not come with us it might not work it should bring you with us when I do the live redirect if the live redirect doesn't work there is a link in chat that will allow you to just come to the next stream okay alright and then I'll send a tweet once we're up and running Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of SNTR Gaming News covering the Final Fantasy 16 release date update right from Yoshi. We'll be combing through the announcement and things he said, what you can look forward to next year in light of the disappointing news. Right here on the front of the stream, we give you the goods. We comb over basically the update, and then we have about a three-hour stream to follow. So if you like this kind of content, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so that way you don't miss the 